0: It's me!
1: Yes, I am back! It is time for another episode of Talking Bollocks. Welcome back, bollockers. It's lovely to be in your company again, and uh, if you, again, if you haven't joined us before, welcome, welcome one and all. This is the November edition, 2016, of the Talking Bollocks podcast. That's right, we're we're coming up for three years old. 3 years in January that is going to be freaky. Been working on my albums of the year. Um so uh yeah that's uh, you're going to have to wait till January. Um although there is going to be a big massive clue coming up as to an album that may or may not be on my uh list of best 5 of the year. So anyway, um let's do it. I'm nearly 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 uh, missed off the um, the big uh, ego intro at the beginning. The beginning there, so um, let's get to it right now. My name is Howard H Smith. I am your host of Talking Bollocks, the, the podcast that brings you, well, basically me. Um, I uh, front, uh, I front rebooted UK thrash metal band Acid Rain, purveyors of uh, United Kingdom Apple Corps since 1987, strictly speaking. Um, Although, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, anyway. um, Also, I do stand-up comedy. Um, I do the character Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. KeithPlatt.co.uk, Acid Rain, you can find us at .co.uk there. Yes, websites, ooh. Uh, Social media, all over it, just fucking search. Um, And uh, and here, of course. Um, So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, busy at the comedy for the last few weeks. So, um, before... uh, uh, before we go into uh, the uh, what's been going on in metal, let's uh, let's talk about me. Um, <laughs> I've been um, been doing some comedy, um, uh, as is my wont, um, because I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I was um, entertaining the troops um, uh, this month, and also performing in a casino. So I know you're thinking, "Wow, Howard, what a glamorous life you lead!" Tell us more. Well, it's it's really nice that you're interested. Why don't I? So um, entertaining the troops. Now, um, if you're if you've got in your mind what I want you to have in your mind, right, is basically if you've got me uh, on a on a kind of army plane, you know, with kind of tags rattling around, you know, like you know parachutes, and it's just the sort of belly of a cargo plane. There's nothing in it apart from me and you know some other troops, and they're they're taking us down to drop us um, into. Um, you know, territory like you know, Iraq or somewhere like that and, you know, and, and uh gonna perform in front of a couple of thousand people in a big tent. Um yeah, n- not not that, basically, right? That's not what happened. Um what I did was uh I entertained um <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I entertain um I did I did stand up comedy at a stand up comedy night for twenty Welsh guards in a uh army base just outside Cobham in Surrey, which is one of the most <laughs> one of the poshest parts of the southeast so um yeah um not so much war torn more sort of marmalade torn <laughs> um you know just basically if cobham was a thing if it was an object it'd be a bowl of pol- potpourri it's basically it's that inoffensive It is that that's it so um yeah so anyway uh performed for them that was fun um and um also Um, uh, I was up in the casino the Broadwalk casino in Birmingham Um, a big hello to everybody there um uh it was great yeah it was uh, it was a really cool show and uh, i just thought i'd talk about some comedy for once at the top of the podcast if that's all right you know because um it's 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 what i'm doing on a more frequent basis than than the podcast or music and whilst that might not be of interest to you and might be just be you know my ego being completely out of control and just telling you about stuff you're not interested about um that's kind of the deal really isn't it you know it's because there's going to be stuff that you, you will like or you are liking or you have liked or if this is the first time you listen You you thinking right I'm uh, shutting down this guy's ego and I'm going to go and do something worthwhile which is fair enough um, but anyway yeah that, 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 it, it's, it's a deal it's the deal we have so um, let's move on because uh, it's coming up to five minutes and um, whoever, it's just been me 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 and it will continue to be that. It's just be my opinions about metal. So, what has been happening... This is the latest on record, I think. What has been happening in the world of heavy metal this month? Oh. also it's my last podcast anyway. Here, on. Um, I'll tell you... In fact, I'm just going to do a... Just divert for a second there. Um, I do listen to the podcast back just to, you know, check it for mistakes, believe it or not. Yeah, and then... Deciding to leave them in, but um, no, just making sure it's all edited together and you know there's no technical glitches or you know crackling or we crackling. What is this? A cookery show? You know what I mean. So anyway, I listen back to him. Yes, and my fucking ego makes me want to listen back to it as well. All right, yes, I like the sound of my own voice. If you haven't figured that out by now, then fucking God knows what you're doing here. But anyway, I was listening to a Bill Burr podcast, which I mentioned a few times. Brilliant, you got to listen to it. Um, and I heard him take a, a sip of water on his podcast, and I was thinking. God, that sounds really good. That sounds so much better than when I take a drink on my podcast. It doesn't sound. And I just thought, fucking hell! It's how far? How much of a nerd am I? You know, how what am I... what am I doing? Comparing gulps of water. Oh, hang on. Mm. Oh yeah. On. that was a bit of a comedy one wasn't it but um, yeah anyway look that's what goes on in my head what has been going on in the world of heavy metal in the last month let's move on Um, well we've got to start with story number one um, and it's pretty much going to be the only story coming up now Um, and that is a little band called Metallica have released um, a new album called Hardwired dot 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 and business is good (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry hardwired dot 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 to self-destruct okay so um, surprised Dave hasn't had anything to say about the title um, so um, although if there was a story that said Dave Mustaine refuses to comment on Metallica album title that would probably be a massive story like it was see previous podcast for relevance of that remark so um well, my hopes. Um, uh, let, well, let's talk about the lead up to the album. I mean, last month's podcast, I'll have I'll have mentioned um, Metallica, and in fact, I'm in fact I'm, I think I've mentioned every month for the last couple of months as the songs have come out. Um, hardwired, I, I, not an amazing tune, but you know, short to the point. Uh, Hetfield's swearing again, so you know, all good there. Um, and then Moth to Flame, Moth to Flame came out, and I was just like, well, that is the best Metallica song I've heard in a long time. That is that high promise atlas rise came out and i thought "Hmm, i'm not feeling this one so much um but two out of three ain't bad well turns out that uh my slightly heightened expectations and then slightly leveled off expectations um were to be dashed um I'm not a fan of Hardwired, I'm afraid. Um, I have been trying and trying and trying. I've played it constantly for two weeks. Um, and I do not get it. I see people saying best albums is Justice or best albums is the Black Album. And I just think, what are these people listening to? Now, I look, if you're listening to this, whether you agree with me or not, look, this is the, the, this is the key here. You hear what you hear. OK, so if my opinion is the exact opposite of yours, right, OK, don't try and figure it out. Don't be shouting at the speakers. Not that anyone would care that much what my opinion is. But it, it's it. you hear what you hear. You can't convince somebody that a song is really good if they don't like it. It just that's the way it is. And I, I posted about this on Facebook. Um, I couldn't do it on Twitter because 140 characters. But um, uh it, I put a post up saying like look you know there's a lot of controversy and I said look I, 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 I don't like it full disclosure I don't like it and I wish I did but all these people arguing over it and slagging each other off and oh no you've got it completely wrong and what about this and it's like how there is no right or wrong there is just what you think there is only opinion when it comes to music um and so it, it, it's it's pointless you know getting involved in that so, anyway, back to Hardwired. Um, it's, it's sonically the best thing they've done in a long time. I mean, it sounds fantastic. I really like it. Um, but I just... I mean, so many songs mean well. They start off and they mean well. And you think, "Oh, sounds positive. And then, you know, after three, four, five minutes in, you're just thinking, he's gone now. Um, and, you know, that riff has been going on for quite some time. And it's not that good. Um, and I, I just, there's, there's the, you know, there's the occasional cool riff on there, but I, for me, even the riffs are missing. And again, I know there'll be people out there thinking, what are you talking about? There's some of be- it feels best riffs. I know I've, I've, I've seen that in reviews and thought, and, and people's comments and just thought, really? That is just, they just, they're just coming from a different place. There's a point in one of the songs where, um, uh, where Hetfield says um, I don't even recognise you anymore And I think on about the third or fourth listen It's literally There's a there's a chord that hangs on and he, say, and he says that And I just thought Oh my god That just And I hate the word And I hate myself for saying it But that resonates With how I feel about this album um, And I, I was looking forward to it I had a space in my top five Call back to uh, A few minutes ago I had a space in my top five for this album put aside i had a top four right and i had a space put aside for hardwired to get in there um having listened to those first three songs and it is definitely not going to be taking that space up so um uh i just i mean it's uh, strange because the album is bookended by two decent songs you've got hardwired at the beginning you got spit out the bone at the end, which is great. I mean, it's still a bit, it's still a, a bit long for me, and people have been really spunking off about that, saying it's like, oh, it's the best Metallica song since, like, you know, Justice or fucking Forever. Um, it's a good song, don't get me wrong, but again, it, it's you know, it, it, it's at the end of an album. By the time you get to it, I, I mean, it's like a breath of fresh air because I felt like I'd been fucking holding my breath for about seventy-five minutes. Um, it 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 re- you re it's really a long way to wake, so you book ended on this album is one end hardwired one end um moth uh, no one end moth and flame, one end split spit out the bone, and it's just kind of like yeah, it's a fucking slog between the two of them uh mu and to flame for me is the best song on the album um by some by some distance. Um, I mean, Halo of Fire just seems to go on forever, and everyone's saying about how Hetfield's singing great. He does sound good, don't get me wrong, but he's also doing some stuff I haven't heard him do before, and I'm not especially keen on. Um, and the the chorus on Halo of Fire,
0: Halo of Fire.
1: Sorry, I had to do it. Um, it it's, it doesn't even sound like him. It, it's it's I just that song just fucking hell, just a prime example. And there's like there's a break in it. And there's a, and he, where he's singing... Prayers do not get through... Prayers do not get through... Return to sender... And I just think... Who's this guy doing... A fucking impression of... James Atfield... I do not get that... I really don't... Um, so yeah... Uh, as you've probably picked up... Not a fan... Um, really not a fan... Kirk's soloing is terrible... Um, which leads on to something else because I was watching a couple of them I was watching some of the making of's and I was thinking you know at how involved Hepfield and um Hamm- are sorry Hepfield Hammer Hetfield and Ulrich and um, sorry, I'm sorry I'm drinking more than I but uh, to be honest I've got to tell you I, I went to the gym not long ago um, so hence I'm a, a bit thirsty so there you go lesson learned won't do that again anyway needlessly drawing attention to something I did not have told you about but there you go again part of the deal um, tangent Back to hardwired. Um, I kind of felt that there it was Ulrich and Hatfield. There was there was another voice missing because they've described um, Greg Field, um, Fieldman, I think it is. Um, they've described him as you know like, like a great guy to have between them. And and I just I just feel that that you know he wasn't going to turn around at any point to either one of them and say actually do you know what that shit. Because when you're in that position, he's he's not, he's not kind of like a co-producer. He's not a full producer. He's not Rick Rubin coming around every two weeks like he did prior to Death and Magnetic and saying, look, less of that, more of that, more of that, less of that. Um, more attitude, you know, more groove. And because I'm putting it out there, I, I don't think Hardwire is as good as Death, and, Death Magnetic. Um it, it, the weird thing is it sounds more natural I'll give it that it, it, it sounds more like Metallica doing what they want to do right now but I think Death Magnetic just it has got better songs on it as first three or four songs are better than anything on um, Hardwired but I just kind of feel like there was Hetfield there was Ulrich and there was somebody who whose opinion, they, opinion they, ex, they, they respect and that's fine but I just think feel if there'd been another voice in that room above that someone like a Rick Rubin who, don't, who will turn around to Metallica and say that's shit no, that song's too long, cut this down. I They would have listened, but I think that voice wasn't there, and what we've ended up with is way too long an album. It shouldn't be two discs, it should be one disc. The second disc is fucking horrendous. I mean, apart from Spit Out The Bone, it's... To use a musical parlance? Fucking shit. Um, it's, it's just... Yeah, I, I, again, this is just my opinion. It's not facts. I know I'm stating it, like, I'm kind of stating it like, as fact. <laughs> it is shit. And I, you know, so I know I'm using, you know, the wrong terms. But, um, yeah, in my opinion, okay, in my opinion, it is shit. Um, uh, and, yeah, Kirk, yeah, sorry, it, it, funnily enough, it, what, what got me back to all of this and having a producer was I just imagined, you know, the load comparisons in it, because it's like a load tribute album for me. And I just thought there's no way Bob Rock would have let Kirk Hammett get, a row, get away with any one of those solos on that album no way, you could just see him sat there going really? so now, you, now you're now warmed up um, what's the solo? you know, and Hammett just going, no that is a solo and him just going, well no it isn't um, and so yeah I, 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 again, I think um, uh, a higher voice a more powerful voice missing um, uh, Trujillo's bass sound is great um, uh, and and again, you know, gotta to get to it everyone's mentioned it, gotta mention it um, um, Lars' drumming, I mean, uh, you know a few people saying it's on point, a few people saying it's shit as usual um, my my feeling on it is, what sums up my feelings on Ulrich's drumming on Hardwired is his drumming doesn't drive the songs, it doesn't it doesn't push the songs anywhere. It doesn't drive the songs anywhere. It doesn't lead the songs anywhere. They follow. Basically, what you're listening to is Hepfield has written an entire song on the guitar. And then Ulrich is said. And then you just say to Ulrich, just play drums to that. All right. Because the song's done. Right. You just play. You just play along to it. OK. And that's it. And it just feels like. Uh, I, I know I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not. It sounds weird. It's not that the drums are out of time. That's not what I'm saying. It just sounds like the drums are behind the music, in in almost in, um in the sense of almost yeah of time of where it's coming from. There's this drumming coming from like you know the the mid '90s on load, but the music is a little a little bit more spiky than that. Um, although there is a lot of loadish stuff like that, and it's just. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's all groove, it's all groove, man, and it's like, no, this this doesn't need groove, this needs fucking more. you need to drive this on. you need to push everybody else in the band harder, and it's not pushing at all. it's just following on behind, um, and um and that's um, I mean, that's fatal, I'm afraid. Um, wow, that was a bit. <laughs> That, that, was, that was a bit uh, dramatic, wasn't it? That's was fatal. It's it's not, of course. There you go. But it is for that album. So, um, that is the whole of the front section of the show. Yes, I've managed to do a whole front section about um, Hardwired. Well, about me and Hardwired. But that's how I'm wired. You see how I brought that all back. To me, anyway. So, um... Now it's time for the first interview. Um, the first interview is with my good friend Andy Pilkington, who uh we met for the first time um at Bloodstock in the bar um after we'd played. Um I met him in the bar, and um we'd we'd been friends on Facebook for a long time. And it turns out um we met at Bloodstock, but we actually live a couple of miles apart. Um so uh we went to the local pub and we had a chat. Now, Andy um, uh as you'll hear you'll hear the story of how he um, set up very metal art um uh he is the lyric video guy to go to um he'll have designed uh probably something that you've either bought or band you've seen or something like that um and um and yeah looking forward to working with him with acid rain as well to be honest so um oh a bit of an exclusive there hmm, whatever um so this is mine and his chat there's a it's, it's it, really lovely guy um, we we there was I mean we probably talked for about three hours um, if not more I think we met up at yeah no we met up at eight and we left at eleven so yeah three hours um, this is just the hour that we got on the podcast, so um, so sorry if we keep referring to a conversation that we previously had that is not in the podcast. But there you go, uh, this is myself, Andy Pilkington, uh, sorry, this is myself, no, I'm Howard Smith with Andy Pilkington, chatting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, um, you find me in the company of um, Andy Pilkington. Hello. Uh, hello. Who um, uh, runs Very Metal Art and um, it's very instrumental in the business. I'll, and do you know what? I'll have probably done all of this before the interview, so it would be best not to do it now, isn't it? I'll just, I'll just do the run-up. Um, we have been sat here already, I have to I have to say, we have actually been sat here for about an hour and a half, putting the world to rights.
2: So Things we can't really repeat in public, probably. Yes, yeah, yeah, all yeah. The,
1: the, 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 gene, the gene stories... I've got. I I'll have to tell you my. Um, I have to tell you my Phil and sell my story as well. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. I know every t- somebody always comes up whenever, whenever a somebody listens to the podcast, and they're like, "Can you tell me the Phil and my story?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." But said, "I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell these off the record stories," but I can only tell them off the record. I can't tell them like you know yeah. on the record. Recording Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. So um, um, Andy uh, lives not far from me, and you
2: convenient aren't I for an you? You are, you are actually. Yes, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> now, no, Gene Logan. Well, no, no,
1: But to be fair, who is Gene? That's about it. Um, although everyone's easy to get hold of the Skype these days, so you know, please Very don't, true. please don't feel that's the case. Um, but you, I mean, you, so you did, you um, did the artwork, you did the artwork for New Fox Magetts and Marvin.
2: I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I've done, so you've done,
1: you've done the videos as well. I've done three
2: videos for them. Yep, and the artwork and, and all the tour posters and, and you apparently were I'm now the go-to man which is great because I'm a big fan as well
1: um, and you were you were, well yeah I was at, at the show with you um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and um, I was just thinking and of course you were, as some listeners may know you were heavily involved with um, Rain of Fury oh, I was I was the manager until, until and, until about a year and very around. briefly at the basis for two,
2: for two festival gigs really? yes well of oh, they? well they were finding another one
1: <laughs> that's brilliant
2: yeah it was good fun but yeah, yeah. Stressful.
1: And poor old Paul, what's happened to... Oh, bless him, yeah.
2: Been, Great guy. He's yes. muddling through, yeah.
1: Well, I, I think anyone who is anyone who plays in a band... Because uh, he came to see us in Nuneaton, in London, and Glasgow. Now, I think anybody who plays in a band, but then also goes out and does that amount of yeah. travelling to watch another band, mm. that is that's, that's just... That's really he was high, so excited that's high when class. When you guys high got together, class. he was
2: talking to me about it. I yeah, was we still working with him at that point. Although me and him are very good friends anyway, I speak to him all the time. But yeah, he was very excited to, to see you guys. Uh, well,
1: sorry, interaction. I'm just turning up a little bit. That's fine. Um,
2: but yeah, he's a he's a, a great guy, and, it, and it's a real shame that he's going through some some medical troubles at the moment because I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone as excited to sort of be taken over. A, a role as he was when he joined Rain and Fury so I'm glad we had some good times together and did blood mm. stop
1: no I mean like what lovely guy lovely lovely yeah, guy
2: absolutely is um,
1: and now we I, I see you're on Facebook a lot um, and uh. you're always <laughs> <laughs> no no don't worry don't worry um, I am yeah no, but, yeah you are and um, have you really got a Marmite tattoo by the way
2: no that wasn't mine
1: it wasn't I'm All tempted right, okay I'm, I'm sure you are. Sorry, this is, this is, this is going to be shit to this. Yeah, so I was going to know like, what the yeah, hell we're like, talking about. Yeah, so I so quite big, like Marmite. Yeah, he's a big Marmite fan. Well, that's quite <laughs> obvious, isn't it? Really, because if I ask you, have you got a Marmite tattoo? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not like this. Oh, is this is the wacky question that I like to pull well, out. I, I, I ask everybody. everybody me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's to. right. Yeah, <laughs> the funniest was Scott Ian. He said, um, "Fuck off." It actually started. I don't
2: know whether you saw it. It's because I, I just one morning whilst eating my Marmite and toast and having a little epiphany of. How beautiful it tasted! I just wrote a little love poem to Marmite, and they actually picked up on it on the Marmite social media site, and, oh and private messaged me a, a love poem back, and that's how it started. Wow! So, um, right. so I put that out, and everybody loved it, and uh, it's kind of become a thing. Now. So, have you got a, have you got a link with Marmite at, at all? Then? Well, no, I'm trying to get an endorsement. I, I want to be the first graphic designer to be endorsed by a food brand.
1: It's and is that that's interesting. That's how you that's how you classify yourself a graphic designer. Yeah. Not um, not you know, sort of. Well, Heavy metal that, wow
2: well, I'm, I'm 20 years as an animator, graphic designer, so I think that's kind of what I've done. Right. For, for me, music has always been a hobby, as much as I'm very passionate about it, and no one knows me for anything else other than people I work with. I've spent far more hours working for horrendous clients in advertising and marketing and Sky TV than anything else. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I am a graphic designer by trade. And so, that's the only reason I got into music, is because I was creative and I did some videos for Reign of Fury. Right,
1: okay. So, so, so Reign of Fury was your sort of way into the, the backstage area, as it were.
2: It was my way into everything, because I wasn't even really going to gigs at that point. I met, um, Matt Earl, who was at that time the bassist of Reign of Fury.
1: So, had you tuned out of the scene a bit? Just through... Either consciously yeah. or subconsciously? Yeah,
2: I was, I was... Not subconsciously. i just had, um, my first daughter, I was really, really busy in work, and... I wasn't really doing anything in music, I certainly wasn't really aware of the emerging music scene. I knew there were bands around, but I I didn't know what was going on, certainly didn't have my finger on the pulse. But I happened across Matt Hill from Rain of Fury, who I found out was someone from back home in Cheltenham where I'm from, and we kind of should have known each other when we were younger, same age, same scene, and just happened to to sort of meet each other socially via Facebook. and I really really love the tunes I really love Rainy Fury I mean they're still my favourite band they're, they're kind of exactly what I, what I like out of music second exactly favourite band carry on yeah 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 yeah, yeah I love but we started chatting and, and because I was an animator I said you know I'll do you a video and that's what we did I, I shot two videos for them just me and my camera edited them and it was great fun got to know the lads um, and they said, oh, can you do web design? I said, well, not really, but I can sort you something out. Did a few bits and pieces and some posters, and then suddenly, do you want to be our manager? We're like, oh, all right. By this stage, I was kind of doing a lot for them, but it didn't feel as strange as it sounds. You know, it's like, OK, well, yeah, I can I can help, but there's a lot of stuff I don't know. you help me through it. I'll do what I can. I'm, I'm creative. I know social media. I know Facebook. I can do a lot for you. Let's just see how it goes. And it kind of just worked, and it went from there. I had no experience of music at all other than as a fan Um, and it it kind of just worked yeah and from there i did the the headbangers balls tour the charity tour so sort of cut my teeth on events and stuff like that and that's kind of where it all began really
1: so that's interesting though because uh, as you were saying there, it's like you know you came to it as a fan and then became a manager and I started handling the social media but I, I, I think there, therein lies the key to the success is that because you'd recently been a fan mm. you knew what a fan would want to see Yeah, I think which so which is, because social media is, is is obviously a massive part for any band and it's very easy to get wrong yeah. that people have told me I've only ever got it right but um, <laughs> um, I can't help uh, but it, it, it's, it, it, I think it's it really is a case of as I try to do in the podcast I think it, 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 it's making things. you speak to individuals mm. you know you make you, 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 you put posts together you put things together for an indi- you know for an individual who you know is out there yeah and you speak to people Absolutely. as if you are speaking to them the the amount of times I see posts and, 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 and stuff and people bands and it's just like it's just kind of blanket it's mm. like you know there's just there's there's no effort in it it's not it's not it's and straight away you think yeah that's somebody connected yeah you've nailed it exactly
2: every step of everything i did for them so it started off with videos i can do videos i'll do some videos they loved them i like the guys can you do a website okay i did a website because i know what people want for a website i knew i could do better than they had do that can you do this on facebook yeah i do i understand that I, I, I can add this so step by step I was doing things I knew how to do mm. and that kind of piece by piece yeah. became being a manager and everyone says to me now you know what, what, what do we need to find in a manager for, for our band um, and I don't know what the answer is somebody, somebody <laughs> who's not succumbed well oh, yeah basically it, but it is yeah, isn't it yeah absolutely but it is it's about I someone. Mean, hopefully that. they've got so a the first thing I them. say is someone who understands your band and likes them if they don't then they're not really in your, doing anything in your interest but yeah. secondly, you've, you've got to understand how the band works. And everything I did was just, as a fan, what would I want to see? And it, and it kind of worked that way. And as I learned more skills and sort of started to get to know people, build my network, realised how important the network was, I started to sort of assimilate other people's skills, see what they're doing, find what they're doing that I like, what they don't like, and I'll do that, and trial and error. But quantify everything, understand everything. So everything I did, make sure I understand whether it was successful or whether it's a failure and, and use that, don't just do things randomly or if you do, just understand that there's got to be a good result out of it if it doesn't work, try something different yeah. and for me it was just fun, it was just trying new things all the way it just so happened I was probably a natural band manager but I don't think most people could do what I do because I happen to be you know, fairly ex- experienced in social media through my work as a professional animator, professional graphic designer you know, I can, I can write well yeah so all those skills kind of came in and, and I could probably do 10 or 15 different jobs for the band so it yeah, happened to work, and I obviously didn't charge any money which helped because um, no bands make money at that, at that stage so it kind of all worked. But, yeah. It, so if, you, if you're out there thinking of uh, approaching um, Andy, um, there you yeah. go, there's his
3: price, <laughs>
1: nothing. Yeah, free. Yeah, Yeah. You're going to rake in a load of business it's after am, it's this. It's amazing
2: the amount of times I've been so tempted in. I mean, I'm very privileged and honoured that a lot of bands have asked me to manage them. And it's a lot of bands who are among my favourite bands okay. now. And it's like, well, I would love to, but I, but I couldn't. I could never do it for more than one band for a start, because yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. I, I was literally working 40 or 50 hours on top of a full-time job with the band. And I don't, don't even think the band really realised that at times. Yeah, But it absolutely. was a pleasure. But I was working those hours, and to, to work any less than that, by diluting it for two bands, for me would mean I wouldn't be able to be a good manager, yeah. just because my type of manager was a certain, a certain job and it was a certain amount of effort for in. Yeah,
1: but also I think that, as well as that, as the level you're operating and the level that the bands are operating and everything else, um, you, 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 you just can't afford to have any less time on it. Than then
2: you're putting in no and it, it also happened that you know I was I was fairly autonomous in my job which I've now left but you know I was able to do a lot of things whilst I was working so, so is,
1: is is Very Metal Art a a, a full time it is
2: yeah. enterprise I left my career I mean I did about 10 years at Sky TV did a bit of branding then worked in advertising for 10 years which was awful but there were good things, but, all yeah, advertising but it's, got, is yeah, but it's got to you. But it it's built my you skills. Where you are, oh, absolutely, and where I ended up, I ended up at kind of uh, you know management level where I was doing less hands-on work, dealing is, with the arseholes more.
1: But the, the, this is the beauty of British business: is that um, is that we, what we do is when somebody's really good at something, we promote them as far away from <laughs> that as possible. Absolutely right. And it, yeah. and it doesn't matter what part of the business you're in if you're yeah. in sales it's crazy if you're even in sales you become sales manager mm. what? because you're good at selling can you, you not just pay me more to like be a really you, good you, designer you, you, yeah. somehow, now, you, some, you yeah. somehow now give a shit about what everyone else is doing yeah. you're joking aren't you? Yeah? <laughs> that's like fucking hell <laughs> you've that salesperson yeah. haven't you?
2: take and me it, away from what I've trained to but do but yeah exactly yeah. and
1: that is and, and that's that, exactly
2: what happened yeah Yeah. and I couldn't deal with it and I was in advertising as an animator I was very very separate to everything so I just did the end result and I could ignore people but as you became a manager in advertising you have to deal with the shit that you get from account handlers who are trying to please clients, yeah. clients who were trying to copy yes. the previous yes. clients and all the politics that go with it and I am not a patient man um, and I ended up in more you know fights than I did in, in design projects so I knew I had to leave so I left to go freelance do the same job as a designer and animator for corporate clients but freelance and living in London you can do that you can go and move to different jobs and make more money I left just after Christmas everyone telling me how buoyant the market was and boy were they lying because it was fucking awful and I spent luckily I I took some voluntary redundancy so I could live but I spent six months without a single job and for someone who's supposedly among the top of the you know the pile at what they do that was a very scary place to be because it would take me a long time to make the leap so whilst I was doing that, a few months in, like living the high life, realising that um, actually this isn't good, I need to be fucking worried about what's going to happen now, I just picked up some design jobs with, with bands, so from working with Reign of Fury and Headbangers Balls, all those connections I've made, there are a lot of people who I could do design for. Previously yeah. I'd done free posters and free bits and pieces. What well, do, do you want to pay me this? So I, I take 20 quid for a 200-pound job, because 20 quid and being busy was better than nothing. Yeah. Um, and I did quite a lot of that over the first few weeks, and then the work just kind of rolled in automatically. I mean, it's right. such a an, a natural Facebook presence that everything I did, I posted because that's my nature. Um, yeah, absolutely. And someone would inquire about it. Yeah. And I said well, you're we, not going to
1: do that if you hide it under your bed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
2: Uh, But I'd say I can't do it quite as cheaply because that was a favour. I need to charge a bit more. No, that's fine, that's fine, it's fine. And slowly, I got to a kind of price that was worth the time I was putting in. And I realised I could actually do this. You know, this is actually a viable option. So I kind of spoke to my, my wife and, and, and discussed how we could actually do this, what money we needed to make, what was my bottom line, because it, it was a well-paid job I was in. Yeah. Um, and, and I just did it full-time. I just thought, okay, well, I hate lyric videos. They're awful. No one does them right. But I can do something better, and I can do it fast. And I can yeah. come up with an affordable plan. That's my, that's my USP. It's my unique, unique selling point to bands. I can give them something cheap and they haven't got. Yeah. I can do decent artwork, I can do logos, let's see how it goes. And honestly, within the first month of saying, I am very metal art and this is what I do, I was, for the next two months, uh, that's never changed. I'm, I'm booked for three or four months in advance now. And ah, that's awesome. I have not looked back. And it, honestly, it's blown me away because... The idea of being able to sit and do what I did as a seventeen-year-old—you know, sitting in your room drawing album covers for bands you weren't in—and yeah, doing yeah, these yeah, yeah I actually yeah. do get to do that now. I mean, it, it sounds totally romantic, but I, but I do. I mean, I'm no, through spaceships awesome. and zombies. And no, but
1: that's awesome because I, I, I guarantee you, there'll be people listening to this smiling, knowing exactly, yeah. you know, knowing exactly how you must feel right
2: now. It's great. Or, it's, you know,
1: or just envious, um, and well. Speaking of which you've kindly um, stepped up to uh, to do the um, the lyric video for our um, uh, our next single. Absolutely, yeah. Um, which is going to be coming out eventually. Um, and if, just in case you're wondering, no, no release date. We haven't even got a date to record it, so you know, don't get excited. But it will be early 2017. Um, actually. We we'll, ha- we'll have to have a talk um, and see if you want to see if you just want to throw some I- if it's not too much trouble, throw some ideas <laughs> around for some artwork.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, because, well, like I say, that's what I'm in for. You know, to, to well,
1: you know, coming on the coming on the back of the the last single, which was Laurie Lipton did the artwork. Mm. I think um, I think, yeah, not much to live up to there. Just a world-renowned um, artist who. Um, yeah whose who's, who's art goes for about 50, 60 grand to pop
2: yeah, I'm slightly cheaper yeah. but I, did, I looked at it and thought yeah I'd love to have a go at that really yeah ah, Right. cool ah, yeah. ok and that's what it's about though it's it's, it's not necessarily about uh, wanting to beat things but I think I could do you justice but, but you know, that that's the way I go I kind of come across bands and I, if I like the sound of a band I want to work with them I want to do videos or artwork with them and, and for but, me that, that's the reward but yeah. is th-
1: is that still the case though or is it just mm. a case of like right, well no the, the work's rolling in and some of the fans are like, in hideous but they're paying you so there, there are you there know. are a
2: couple that I've had I've literally listening on, one hand, on one hand <laughs> I could count the amount of for example, songs I've worked on for lyric videos that I don't like. Yeah. Oh um,
1: now I've got a question here, being obviously being a lyricist and passionate about lyrics myself. Um, and unfortunately we are reduced to you know us lyricists <laughs> are reduced to now pretty much the acceptance that the lyric video yeah. is that's it. Pressure. That's never no, that's Make it. Making good. That's all anyone fucking cares about, do you know? And it's Ooh. just like, wow, really? Okay, great. So anyway, yeah have you ever agreed to do a job had a set of lyrics sent to you and gone I'm fucking not doing that sorry mate I've made um, an
2: excuse before yeah I have I, no, hey, they they're excuse. not going to be able to work this out I'm just thinking whether what I say next will <laughs> <it> allow that, <laughs> this band to work it out they won't be able to no <laughs> great I've, made, I've had a lot of good reasons for not doing stuff yeah I have um, I, I've worked with a few bands whose lyrics are dubious sometimes because they're foreign sometimes because they can't write lyrics they sound good some but also the nature of working with death metal bands is the vocal is an instrument and they'll freely admit they're not trying to say anything important they just want it to sound a certain way Yeah. and I've come to the situation where they haven't actually sung the right words which kind of is a problem when you're creating a lyric video because it doesn't match and okay when you're hearing something you don't know what they're saying but when you're matching it to a written word you can tell if they're saying the wrong thing so I've been in those situations but I did have one situation where a band came to me and the song was awful the production and this is the most important thing was horrendous and I thought I've got to sit for two days and listen to this five seconds at a time constantly for two days it is going to drive me fucking insane and I was already thinking this is a problem and then I read the lyrics and thought no I can't do this and uh, I found an excuse nice and didn't do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but like you say though it's who the fuck wants to be unhappy it, in the job
2: it would have done them a, a disservice though the, 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 the truth is if I had done them a lyric video it would have exposed a lot of weaknesses in, in what they were doing I think there's certain things you can get away with but it would have been dreadful
1: yeah but to be fair some weaknesses can't be covered up it's just somebody else <laughs> is going to uncover them instead of you it's very true yeah it's. Um, but no my, my
2: my idea was always that I'm going to work with bands I like and I think the nature of how I find my clients and I don't advertise I just talk to people I'm already connected to on Facebook means only the bands I like come to me Yeah. because I'm not connected to anyone I don't know so yeah I work with bands I, I know all the time And then also cases like Floxman Jetson who come to, came to me which was amazing um, yeah
1: that, so how did that happen was that through I think was that it, through Judith I, or no, I think it was
2: through Simon Hall because he knows oh, right, okay. um, yeah, yeah. he knows uh, Mike Spencer the, the bassist and I think he'd mention me new bassist Why, he's? he was in it a long time ago yes and then came back Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and he's the, he's, he's you know, the he's nicest Brian, guy. Has uh, he left again? No, he's in. Mike's bench still in the Sorry,
1: I apologise. No, hang on. No, no. I remember having this conversation. <laughs> I remember having this conversation with Michael, not Mike. Uh, Michael Gilbert. Ah, right. Yeah. Right. And and
2: uh, I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. Wasn't he bass tech originally? Back in the day.
2: It's possible. I don't, I don't think he was. I'm not sure of the history because I I, kind I remember
1: of speaking to Michael and Michael was like look you know basically this guy should have got the job after Jason left but he didn't for some reason and when their bass player left he said look you guys have got to, get, you've got to give it to Mike you know have yeah, got probably. to give it to Mike and he was like you know but anyway, well,
2: anyway I know, look, I know look, he came yeah. in and did some good stuff and then yeah. left again and he's back in now and currently yeah. he's He's not doing a few dates because he's got a, re- a business to run as well, and he can't afford to be away for all of it. So they're touring America, and he's doing about half the dates. But he's he's just the nicest guy. In Are the they, world. Getting the they getting cuts
1: so they're getting a cover guy? In?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting a friend to do it, and uh, Mike's going to out. To be fair, it's bass
1: and thrash metal in it. Don't
2: really need him. It's fine. Yeah, it's easy. I cover bass; it was no problem. <coughs> there you go. I <laughs> was a terrible guitarist as well. I've so no idea too. I managed to play baseball. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So they came to you. Michael, that, Michael that, that came to me awesome. and I, I think someone mentioned my name and just said, look at these guys. And, and they liked what I did. Uh, yeah. And I, and I put a few ideas together, a bit in all, really, because I hadn't worked with anyone that big at that point. Um, yeah. And, they, and they, I, they actually liked two of my ideas, so it was front and back cover. So anyway, it was good. Yeah. And then I mentioned I did videos, they had a look and they really liked them and ended up doing three of those. Hopefully, I'll continue to work with them. I've well, done all I, their, their stage set and all their backdrops and screams and stuff like that.
1: Well, I mentioned you in—I um, mentioned you in um, dispatches to Michael actually. Yeah. Just after I'd heard the album, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and you're doing you're using a you know, Meg Minds. He was like, "Oh, and Andy Pilkington. I was like <laughs> Yeah. Which it, it just seemed really weird. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because it was like, yeah. I mean, how far do we live apart? What about two miles? Yeah. If right. That. And then I'm getting, okay, I'm, I'm getting a message from, from Michael in the States. Going, yeah. Andy Pilkington. It's like really, no, no, it's strange. So It's like, yeah, it's because kind of like, I'm, 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 I'm talking with Michael, I'm flot, I'm flot some from of and in, um, uh, um, in the States, and just, yeah, Andy Pilkington. It's, just it's, like, it's
2: a really funny situation. All it's totally that. Funny, yeah. Like I sometimes sort of not sure how I feel about it because I get really excited about working with famous people. Whereas through my career, I never have, because yeah. I, my first job was at Sky TV, and it was with Sky Sports when Sky Sports News launched. So, oh, wow, so right. within, literally within one week of my very first job ever after leaving university, I was talking to George Best and Alan Shearer and right. Gary Neville, all these people who are in the George studio. George Best, he likes to drink yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and Russell Grant. I, I, I had a massive shit in the adjacent cubicle to Russell Brand
1: <laughs> now do you mean Russell Brand or Russell Brand
2: Russell Brand you see man. Russell Brand mystic that's great no no it's not because R- Russell Brand he's not going to shit in any impressive way but sitting in the next cubicle to Russell Brand it was a monster oh right okay so we were in adjacent cubicles I, I came out after who, experiencing who, who, some, who won then? it was like World War 2 you know PTSD and, did you, uh, and I came out and it was and, and Russell Grant came did, out of this did, cubicle. Did you have
1: stuff. this? Did you have this like written down? A number, uh, like, a n- number of anecdotes. Must, it must my, remember. It was my best story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It was it. for a long must, time.
2: Must remember. I, before that, Russell Grant I, I, I pissed next to George Best a lot, which people found impressive. A lot. But, you see, I was oh yeah, because every day, because I worked every that. Saturday.
1: Yeah, but hang on, you saying I pissed next to George Best? That's you know. That's that's acceptable, right? <laughs> the minute you put a lot <laughs> on the end of that, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, Most okay, uh you've just made that weird. Well,
2: I can explain <laughs> it. It's going to get boring if I explain it, but obviously, Gin TV, there are regulated breaks. Yes. And obviously, as me as graphics department and him as a presenter. A break to it at the same time. Yeah. So we both headed to the toilet at the same time. So quite often. I mean, oh, and we'd we go for a smoke. I was a smoker back then, and we go out and have a cigarette at the back. But it was always the same time. Yeah. And he was a he was nice enough fellow. He's quite shy, really. He didn't say much. He was a nice guy. But anyway, Sorry. I don't care. Yes. Russell branch it there that was a Yeah, draw. yeah no, yeah, it was worth the diversion. <laughs> tangent, welcome, tangent fans. It's nice. It's nice. That it's Libra. not me for a change. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So so I was basically used to working with famous people all the time and it never really meant anything it was yeah. nice that people were interested in hearing about it but it never mattered so all through my career if we, living in London you bump into someone famous most people get excited my wife did if she if she met someone famous but you know it, it didn't really mean anything to me because it was a daily occurrence yet very recently to suddenly start working with bands who I'd idolised yeah. as a kid even, even people like Sam Lomo Death, we're very very good friends with Paddy from Lomo Death, and to meet people and then get to know them, yeah. just as a person and not just talk about band stuff. It's been really really exciting. So did you just really mention nice. us
1: today and Lorne Death <laughs> together? Did you? I should point out that was a previous <laughs> conversation that I led to that. <laughs> no worries,
0: no worries.
2: But also, but also, you know, Chris and Stan from from of the British contingent, yeah, Onslaught and Sigh, yeah. you know, and Nige, who were great people and all people I I know really well now and really like. Um, and, and I'm kind of like a kid again I'm kind of excited by it all again well, which is kind of funny awesome.
1: that's awesome I know how you feel but I, I became a musician mean,
2: as you would because you're used to being backstage with all these people yeah You know, and I guess as we talked about with, with bands who kind of disappear and then come back you kind of reinvigorate your excitement for things and that's mm. kind of what's happened for me for me joining the music scene now and actually being reasonably good and being able to help people is really exciting again and it's kind yeah. of reinvigorated my my passion for not just music but for design and animation as well Well the so thing is as good. well is that,
1: it, is that it's come yeah I mean that's, that, 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 like you say it's reinvigorated your passion which is wonderful mm-hmm. but you've got a passion for the music anyway but it's also amazing how, how things pan out how things work out the fact that all these years later you are you are able to you know you all these bands you went to see, you'd be down the front, mm. you know, watching all the rest. You're now able to work with these bands but help yeah. them at a time when, frankly, we all need a bit of help. Um, you know, because things have obviously, you know, the, the industry's drastically yeah. changed, but the skills yeah, yeah, that yeah. you bring to the table It's really interesting you say that,
2: I mean, and I hope I'm not betraying confidence, but it's, bit, it's amazing the other day, because Nigel Monstol got in touch saying, Andy, you know social media. Can you have a little look at our Facebook site just to make sure we're doing the right things and we maximising what we need to do? And you know, yeah. drop me in as an admin to have a look at things. And it's like it's amazing to be in that position where you're trusted by by bands you've known all those years. Yeah. You know the fact that I'm going to work with you on a, on a lyric video with yeah. us chatting. But um, by the
1: way, thanks for those um, uh, onslaught admin login
2: details
1: <laughs> for, those, I mean, for that data. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah absolutely. The schedule. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> ones they turned down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, no.
1: Yeah, if there's any gigs they do where there's not many people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry
2: about that. But it, but it's fantastic to be in that position where now yeah. you know you're trusted by people as well, not just uh, getting to know people. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's still quite surreal, and I know. And I do make sure I wake up every day and realise that my job is good, you know. Yes, it yeah, is a, absolutely. I'm very privileged to be in a position where I can sit and just do the things I love doing.
1: Well there is there is there's that side, but there's also the other side to it, which is when you're self employed you're never you're never not at work. Mm. Especially when you work from home, oh, absolutely, you never yeah. work. And 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 it is it's finding that balance because especially after twenty years of work you become um, and I know I've been through a similar situation, but you become um, institutionalised. I remember when I first went self-employed, and um, I was um, I was sat in front of my computer. And it was five o'clock on a Friday, mm. and I always finish at five on a Friday wherever I've worked. And um, I was sat there, and it got to five past five, and I realised nobody was going to tell me yeah. that it was time to go yeah
2: you're not seeing everybody else leaving and, and it was, going to the pub yeah yeah it
1: was literally but it was literally like Pavlov, pavlov's dogs. you know what i mean yeah
2: you know yeah, it, yeah.
1: it was it was five o'clock but I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to to just like, tap the bell
2: that was yeah. actually a really a, a quite a serious part of my life actually when i after i was managing that that took a lot of time but i managed to do a lot of that while i was at work but, okay, okay they're not going to hear this now but, you know I always take the piss <laughs> as, as work wasn't giving me what I wanted it to give me yeah, I was absolutely. able to do both things I was doing a lot of my stuff at work as well as things were dwindling out but when I started doing stuff like the Headbangers Ball's charity yeah. tours that started really consuming me because initially it started out as a as very much a PR thing for, for Radio Fury do something good to yeah. get the band known but because there were so many people who been through cancer that I I met, it became very, very personal to me very quickly. And I put a lot of time, a lot of time outside work into that. And it got to the point, especially on the second year of the tours where it was affecting my home life. I mean, my wife had to say, you need to stop that. This needs to stop, this is a problem. Because I would be home and just constantly on Facebook, on the internet, the whole night. I wouldn't see the kids, I wouldn't do anything. I would look distracted during every moment of, of, of every interaction I was supposed to be having with my kids yeah. and my wife. And I was distracted by the fact that, that it was a good cause, thinking it was justified. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not. It never is. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to do something good. And I'm proud I did. And I'm so grateful to my wife for being so understanding. But I'm so glad she said, Turn it off now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're lost in it, you're not going to do that. You're not going to see it. Or one day, Something's going to happen, like you wake up with bells palsy or whatever, or you know, you, <laughs> just just, you, just, you know, or you just roll yeah. out of bed one day and it, it, and, and yeah. it, it fucking hits you. Exactly. But unfortunately, when you're in it, by the time you realise and it hits you, you have that realisation after something really shit has just happened. Yeah. You know, because something has to land on your desk yeah. to make you go, oh fucking hell, I need to look at everything,
2: and invariably that is not something nice. It's, it's interesting you say that because that's what someone said to me. I mean. My, my justification for carrying on I wasn't going to do a second year of these and tours of and I did everything on my own so it, it was kind of silly but my justification for doing it the second time yeah. was I had someone email me to tell me that they, they got themselves checked out because of what we did and they had wow. cancer Ooh, and, fuck. and were told they were properly safe because of it and obviously that's just wow, yeah. suddenly becomes a whole different playing field and that persuaded me to do it again it was the right thing to do but then when it was there's there's very few people i talked to about my home stresses but when my wife sarah said this is getting a bit much i spoke to one of my friends who said well andy what what if you were the one who had cancer now would you look back at the last two years and think you've been with your family enough i was like fuck no i wouldn't so for all the reasons for me wanting to do the right thing yes and it's probably a conscious thing as well that you do it you know you're never truly yeah. altruistic. I think you you feel good about doing something even if you're not really in for anything. Yeah. And I think I was doing it to maybe just to feel better about myself. i, I But, but yeah, what if something did happen to me? What I've just wasted two years with my family. Yeah. So I, balance needed to be restored. I guess.
1: Well, to be honest, I'm, I am. Uh, uh, I mean, that that's amazing, and all credit to you because I've got to say I cannot. I, I think I've, I'm just so cynical I think I've just been performing for too long and been asked to do too many charity shows for no money and, um, yeah. and uh, funnily enough, uh, funnily enough um, I, was approached by, I was approached by somebody doing a charity show and they wanted me to wanted me to bring Keith along um, and perform right. and, um, and they were like I said um, this was the exact pitch it's um, it's it's charity so obviously there's no fee
0: Um,
1: it's sold out 350 people ticket only and I'm thinking and there's no fee Mm. it's like you've you've told people you've sold tickets you've told people there's going to be a comedy show on and it's in two weeks and your idea of getting the right app for the night is to offer them nothing. Mm. Isn't it important that this night goes really well? Yeah. And, it, but it's just, and what bugs me about this kind of thing is it's so short-sighted. Mm. Because what they don't realise is, like, do you know what? Give the guy 100 quid, 150 quid, whatever. Yeah, It's going to go brilliantly and people are going to go, when there's another one of these, we'll come again. Mm. We've had a great time. And it, it yeah. It, uh, but it's almost like that when somebody says something is for charity, basically what that what that gives the organizer is the right to shaft everyone. Yeah,
2: you and, know, and it's us, a lot of that negativity. You
1: name it, and I'm, this oh, yeah. is not aimed no. at um, uh, 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 Barry's at balls. No, no I agree entirely. But, with but you I said, it, I you know, I've I've had it for years in comedy. We've had we've had some approaches from. Um, from well we've had approaches from people from Massive Rain as well mm. and, I, and I I've said look we are we are spread all over the country yeah. you know as you know Newcastle fucking X, it's Yeah, a we Wales. can't
2: pay yeah it's like, to do it's this. like yeah,
1: it costs as much. Yeah, we're still. not a local band I mean, yeah. there's so a I, difference so, yeah. so, I, so I told them so I told them what our, our costs were so they came back and offered us like about two thirds of that and I was yeah, just yeah. like well, you're still asking us to To, to lose money. I said, to yeah. be honest, I'd rather take that money and give it to a
0: charity of fucking yeah. mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? And and, and and not have the hassle of mm. any of this. Yeah. But, you know... No, it, I completely
2: agree. I mean, because that, that, I'll admit, when I went into things, I wasn't thinking about the way anything else worked. I just went in with honesty and, and it kind of worked. But the, the plan was always bring in local bands. And, and I didn't pay any well, paid headliners a little bit if I could cover costs but I was very honest about it and said you know, this is the way I'm doing things. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing I, I can make it I can give you a professional show but I've never done this before I'm doing this because I feel I have to do it you know just would you like to be involved and, and people just really did because I think it was a bit different at the time it was something new And uh, I thought they were great and it worked really well especially the second year we did really really well and you know where I could give people a little bit of petrol money and uh, the main bands to cover costs than, than I did but but people didn't really want it, you know, people wanted to be involved. But, like you, afterwards, to see the way other events did things made me see the way I did things slightly differently, and think, yeah, it's quite easy to be cynical about it. Well, and it kind of put me off wanting to carry on again.
1: Well, I've always said, what's the difference between a... Uh, what's the difference between Phil McIntyre putting on a gig at <coughs> Hammersmith Apollo, yeah, and Phil McIntyre putting on a charity gig uh, with Apollo, tell you the difference, nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. Everybody, because the goal is the same: make yeah. as much money as you mm. can. That's the same goal. Yeah. So, the framework that delivers that in a commercial environment, wow. duh, same thing yeah. works exactly the same way. Except you get the various tax breaks, which means you get to make a bit more money. You know, I think. And that, and that's great, but that is how it's supposed. To, that's how it's supposed to go. Okay, so we just had a little bit of a comfort break there because um, a pint break. Yeah, got a couple of diminutive chaps. Um, <laughs> can't, can't go more than half an hour without going to the toilets. Yeah, small lad. Very true. Yeah. Um, so you've um, you've kind of you know you've, you've built this business from 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 nothing, and it's. But you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like a real. It, it's got its thrash roots. It's got its punk roots. In that, um, it was it was started purely out of enthusiasm and a wanting to be involved in the scene. Yeah, and yeah, it really was. Has ended and, and that, you know, that has never changed. No, what I started, kind of music that we love is there's so many stories like that. Yeah, and, I mean, it's, I it's true
2: actually. When when I first started doing this stuff before it was called very metal was, I, I would do posters for people because they ask me all the time so I had a little Facebook page and the idea was i I'd do them just, just put a, a random donation to charity whatever it is whether it's a quid or a ten whatever you can afford and I'll do your poster when I've got time and that's how it started and I do quite a lot of stuff for people you know it's quite good fun but I do a lot, a lot of different bits and pieces um, and, and it did start genuinely just because I like doing it Yeah. and it's come from that and I'm pretty pleased that it's come from that point it was never a, a business decision it's just become business naturally yeah. And I still like to think I charge, well, I'm told I charge a lot less than other people because I just want to make enough to pay the bills. I,
1: I, I amusingly saw your post where some a, a rival designer hmm. uh, messaged you um, telling you to stop winning business or like yeah. it's not fair. Yeah, it wasn't fair.
2: I felt terrible about that. Yeah,
1: right, okay. That wasn't some over-entitled 19-year-old moaning little yeah, it? Was, uh, by any chance, was
2: it? The, the nature of what I do, <laughs> and then again, I'm very lucky, because I've built these, these networks of, of people, and I like to think because I, I'm, a, I'm a decent person who, who does help people a lot. I mean, I you know, mentor bands and all sorts of stuff behind the scenes that people might not see. But because I like doing it, because I can. Bands never helped me. When I was doing Headbangers Balls and I approached a big band, they ignored yeah. me. And I said, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. whilst I'm not big, I'm bigger than people starting out. So if ever youngsters ask me for stuff, I want to help. I don't want to be that person who ignores them. But you know you're, but
1: mean? you're in that. But but that's nice because you're in that. You're in that middle ground yeah. uh, where you know you're able to do that.
2: But the nature of doing that, yeah, I've, I've done it. I've always done it. And the nature of doing that means that that people come to me with stuff. And uh, yeah, so so when I when I started the business off, people just naturally come to me. And ask me for things, so I've never had to advertise. It's always been a, a, a fairly a natural progression that people people will come to me and ask ask me to help them.
1: Could you can you imagine a time where this would um, this would potentially expand, where you know you you'd like you know? I don't think take, there is take uh, on no, somebody to. Uh,
2: I mean, I'm quite your brow. I'm quite business minded. I've, I, I you know I've always been work, you know business orientated in what I've done, and I don't think there is a. a A bigger model not that gives me what I want because yeah the reason for leaving my career was to keep creative control over what I do and to expand what I do I would have to work with other people and I don't want to because what I enjoy doing is creating album covers and videos yeah so I could charge people more which I don't want to do so the only thing I can see is maybe turn a percentage of my business into bigger clients so not just the emerging Mm, bands who I love and I will never leave yeah but also try and pick out you know Working with the bands well, I know, from well, when some, I was someone's going to see, someone,
1: someone's going to see the Flotsam stuff, yeah, and they're going to
2: go. Well, it, it's worked that know, way. I want that guy from, from Flotsam. I've, I've AFM, their label, uh, have come to me now. Timo, who, who used to be the sort of person that someone like me would dream of having the email of. He was the sort yeah. of person who get your band places. Emailed me and said, "Do you fancy being our lyric video designer?" You know, it's like, oh, well, I wish I knew you a year ago. You know, and I wanted to find a label. But yeah. he's a really lovely guy, and, and when you're on equal terms, did you say yes? But yeah, and so now yeah. I've done, I think I've done seven, six, or seven videos for him, and he comes think, last minute. But I the,
1: think I watched one of your videos this
0: morning.
2: I've done it, a few have come out recently. I'm,
1: go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, I did
2: Herman rem- Franks I'm gonna them.
1: remind you which I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you which video it was in an incredibly reductive way because that is my nature. It's a challenge. Um, so it was, it was, it was a, a nice riff. Nice-ish riff. And then some not particularly good-looking bald-headed fucker yeah. singing. And I uh, wasn't keen on the phrasing. Got to be honest, wasn't keen on some of the phrasing. And, I, and the only thought running really through my mind was, "What the fuck do you think I want to be staring at your head for?" <laughs> and then, and then, and then that uh, fade uh, out. And then, and then a girl came yeah. in singing over the same. Um, so, and again, again, like the riff. L- that, like was the riff. A, that was that at the about. Oh, right, right okay. Then. Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I think I might have to revisit that, because it was um, um, it's, it's great production.
2: It was a really and good um, one to work. I think it's probably one of my best videos, actually. Really
1: nice, um, a really nice kind of groove to it. But I just wasn't sure about male and female vocals. And, uh, well, that's the only
2: one they do. That that uh, Cara Sue is, is her name, and she was a guest vocalist um, for for just that song. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's that's a one off. Ah, but they that, see. It's just him see, normally.
1: But again, you see, that is personally where mm. I would counsel against. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where, where I counsel against doing that as a as a single or doing mm. that as a video. Which obviously, it's not your yeah. that's not your realm, because people like me see that and go. Yeah. Oh, you yeah know. i could take your point yeah, in, yeah. Twin vocals Yeah not king hmm. and, and unfortunately You know I know what it's like Being in a band Being on the end of this But I'm lying in bed this morning Turn the phone on um, One of the first things I saw Was that And I thought oh, Yeah Andy's done a new video I'll Click play Click play Grab a few seconds of it. Oh yeah, whatever. But and so you know, you, you don't read the blurb with it or. Oh, it's or interesting. Or that, this yeah. or that. that makes sense. Yeah. Or I any, guess if no one had heard them before, yeah. Then, and so they I it just assume, "Yeah, I'm like, you know, two vocalists now. Nah, you know, turn
2: that in." Um, yeah, I think that's one of my better videos, and and, and actually they were really well organised that band. So oh, Mar- that's Martin, rare, isn't it? Yeah, it is, in, and they're great. Yeah, don't worry. They were actually. I mean, I probably should say <coughs> this. We'll be like well. They were one of the bands who uh, approached me to manage them, and and. I've never been more tempted. You know, they were a, they were a really well organized machine, and that's very tempting as a manager to go in where you're not going to have to deal with any clutter. You're just going to have to try and help improve things.
1: Well, your best, best so your best scenario as a manager is to actually only have to deal with one or two of the
0: band. Mm. That's your, it be, been that that's way, your yeah. best scenario. It would have been that. Because,
1: way because ultimately, the best bands are, are all run as none of them are run as a cooperative mm. because. You, I you tried that in Acid Rain the first time around, and what happens is, you think when you've got five members that, that there'll be three vote one way, and two will vote another, and what you end up is five people vote in five different ways, yeah. and it just tears the fucking thing apart. It's very, very difficult to be, you know... Well, put it this way, have you ever, wor- have you ever worked anywhere where there was no boss? No, no. that's right, and that's for a reason. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I found that, that, that with, with Reign of Fury But well. I'm not saying that I'm anybody anybody's boss in Acid Rain, I'm not, but... Um, I will make unilateral decisions on behalf of the band that affect yeah. the band, um, and it, with, with it, when it goes into certain areas, I will put my foot down. And I, I've got to be honest. I mean, if you if you had the rest of the guys around you now and say, you know, name a time that I was his foot down about something, I think they'd struggle to come up with one. That's not why
2: I've heard me. Well, you know, what can I say? It's, it's very true, um, though. But when I first. But like, like I've said, you know, I didn't really know what a manager was and I became manager, but initially I was very concerned about what everyone thought in the band. I yes, soon realised yeah. that that was irrelevant because yep, so many absolutely. people in the band didn't care about most no, things. They no. wanted... Once you understand what they care about, that's the important do, thing. But mate... I don't involve that, them in anything but else. But that's the way you
1: want it though. Yeah. You want people going, yeah. I don't care, I just want to do... Yeah. That's really, to be honest, what you want. That's a joy, that's a dream. Because what you've got there is focus, focused individuals on what they need to be focused on. I mean, you know, there's nothing worse than everybody than, than everybody chipping in about the fucking album cover, or this, or that. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about um, acid rain at the moment, I'm talking about, you know, having been through that situation. It, it's just, ultimately, you have to have a... I, I was listening to, um, who was it? I was listening to... Uh, it was Jamie Jaster because I refuse yeah. to call him Jaster. Uh, so it was Jamie Jaster, and he was talking to Rod Yeah. and they were talking about anthrax. And he was like, "Could you, you know? Could you ever get a riff in there?" And he was like, "Nope." Oh. And he's like, "But no, surely you know you have the best riffs of like, guys who got to he's like, no, 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 it's not happening." And I said, "But that's." He's like, "They, they have their unit. They have their way of working. That's what it is." And he goes, "And, and they started talking about vision, and they said." If you're in a band, and they say, like, if you're listening now, it's like, if you're in a band and you're in a band with somebody who seems to know exactly what they want or where they're going or has a vision for something, do you know what? Help service that vision because you are lucky to have That's true, someone yeah. like that That's really in true. the band. Yeah. Because your bands who are really screwed are the ones where they don't, don't So if you that have that, yeah. And they are like, well, where are we going? Well, I would, is, I would you know, say what's you know, 18%
2: what's of the bands that I speak, to, because I speak to I speak to young bands who have one band member and come and ask me questions can I ask you some questions it's like, yeah, yeah yeah whatever you want what, if, if I don't know much but if I know I'll, I'll, I'll help you and, and, and it's always about no direction no idea what to do next what do we do it's like we well, if you've written some good songs what do we do with them it's like well in my mind it's kind of obvious but it's okay well yeah get them recorded find someone who can share them if you can't share them find someone so PR's really important Find somebody who can do that if you can't. So get some gigs. If you can't find gigs, if you're having problems finding gigs, put some gigs on. Just, just you know, going through the, yeah. the obvious things. Because I've done it, forgetting that I didn't know it before, but because I've learnt it, just hand these things on. And, and you're absolutely right. Most bands don't have any kind of strategy. No business plan, no direction. They don't know. They just want to enable continuing to write music. And that's but it's it. also,
1: I think it's also, it's like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's creatively having that vision as well do you know what i mean it, yeah. it's actually saying right well do you know what we're, we're working towards yeah i mean i mean yeah no, i know i i i love the way that we work at the moment but you know i'm i'm the one who kind of holds the keys to the kingdom as it were. Well. so you you know they're, they're looking to me to say right well what's the plan what are we doing what's next so right, well you know, well th- this is the plan. Yeah. But also, this is the plan. But this is long term. This is the plan. But short term, this is the plan. You know, and and I think what 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 bands can make a mistake is where you get that megalomaniac where you get that that person who's basically right like, you know basically your you Mustang situation, where it's where it's beyond like it's like hey, if you've got somebody who's got a vision, just help them realize that vision. Uh, as opposed to everyone does everything I fucking say yeah. or you're out Yeah, you know and the dictatorship doesn't work
2: um, <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean it's good to have some kind of leadership to, to have a driving force but, it, yes. but you, you've got to make sure that everyone's happy because it's just going to turn shit
1: yeah yeah and I mean I'm, I'm, also I think it's really important I've talked, I've talked about this on, this, on the podcast before about this I think it's really important for bands and managers for not matter to yeah, to set achievable goals. Mm. Like you're saying about yeah, yeah. long-term plan, short-term. Plan. You know, your long-term plan is hey, let's let's you know let's do a world tour, whatever mm. you, know, you know. But but your short-term plan has to be achievable. Yeah, It has to absolutely. be something that you're working towards that you can yeah, achieve. That's everything I did. Yeah, yeah. When I because really- if if you're always if 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 you if you're if you're working towards the horizon, bad news, buddy. You never get to the horizon. Yeah. you know, you,
2: you must have. Don't work to an ideal. Work, work to a, a, a tangible goal. Set a goal that you yeah, can achieve. Yeah, and that's absolutely and, what I, and, I and always it's did. All yeah,
1: small victories, one step on the ladder, and sooner or later, at one point, you turn around and you go, "Oh, once upon a time, this was the horizon." Mm. This is it's one of those, which was you know which was bloodstock. But well, so I think those steps you know? st- take
2: you nearer to the horizon, don't they? And yeah. sometimes the horizon changes as well. The idea of what you know that pot of gold that's at the end isn't yeah. what you thought it was. It yeah. might be something very, very different. Is that, is that your
1: Irish roots thinking there's a pot of gold there? Or
2: <laughs> but it's my, my ex graphic designer animator where I used to make a fucking pot of gold <laughs> before I left it to be a music designer where I made a <laughs> pot of pennies.
1: Ah, uh, but it's the yeah. But were you happy?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean,
1: but you no, know, but we do. We live. We do. We live. Well, this, well this, we, but we live in no, society. No, no, I wasn't. People do I certainly judge wasn't. They equate happiness and money.
2: The last, the last I've four or five 20, years of my job, I hated it, okay. and money, money meant nothing. I've
1: got a twenty-three-year-old um, Australian nephew staying with me. He's been staying with me for five months. Yeah, just breathe that in if you're listening. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Somebody's been living with me for five months. Hey, eh? believe you and me, <laughs> he's loving it. <laughs> right, um, um, lots of me, me, however, <laughs> not so much. Now, I mean, but. But you know, it's very much like he's a um, he's a screenwriter, and he he's going to be a screenwriter. He's great. He's got wonderful talent, amazing work ethic. But again, but you mention a movie, and straight away he's straight to the box office. How much did it cost? And how mm-hmm. much did it take? And it's just like that's that doesn't. I know that that is a measure of a success. Yeah. But it's not the. It's like we watched a movie the other night. And it was really good. and We really enjoyed it. And then he went straight on his phone to look at. It and he was like, "Oh my god, it cost ten million to make and he made two million back."
4: Mm. I was like,
1: "And?" He was like, "Well, I, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be a huge match. He said, like, "Well, because it's good." He's like, "Yeah." it's like,
2: "But what's more important?
1: Ultimately, what's more important? Yeah. What's going to stand the test of time is the fact that it's good. It could have, they could have spent ten million, made thirty million. Would it have made any difference mm. in ten years' time?" You know, it, 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 it's irrelevant this is where the whole
2: corporate thing comes in, into the equation I, mean, I think it's very easy for bands and fans especially since the, the advent of social media to, to immediately bring corporates and labels into the conversation like they know what it means yeah. but actually the only important thing is is has someone given you money to do what you're doing and how quickly do they want it back Yeah. that's all it is and, and, and to be honest I understand if someone's giving you money to do it as long as you've listened it's fine the problem with a lot of bands is they haven't listened to what the label has told them and they've been fucked over I've because got, they've, not, they've not really paid attention. I've got
1: absolutely zero time for anyone who has been fucked over by a record company unless it was proper, devious, yeah. behind-the-back bullshit. But If you yeah. signed a bad deal, do you know what? You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You
2: signed over the rights to your yeah. albums and, yeah. and there are people hearing okay. this who are my friends you yeah. are probably going to be
1: it. Just remind me again.
2: You, you did, did it
1: <laughs> yeah well you're a dick because yeah. you know what when I was 17 years old and I wasn't I might my, my signature wasn't legally binding I went and found a lawyer I went and found a music lawyer and had him look over yeah. our contract with music for nations and that's why all of our copyright came back to us after ten years that's why he, he, Bumped all the figures up in the contract as well. Mm. I mean, he bumped the figures up to yeah. like about three times what we were paying him. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like you know we paid him X, but he brought in all this extra. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying and at, at 17, no O yeah. levels, no A levels, yeah. right? No qualifications. At 17 yeah. years old, I had enough world knowledge. Common sense. Little middle class boy up in fucking Harrogate for fuck's sake to get a music club mm. to get a music. Look. Now, all I'm saying is, I am no fucking rocket scientist. Okay, I've got some common sense. That's all you well, need. This is simple as. All I don't you know. Therefore, need.
2: find someone who does. Yes, I mean it's don't like, just do, do it because yeah. you don't. Oh, I'm
1: going to go. And, I'm going to go and buy a second-hand car. You are going to take somebody who, know, who knows about cars with you? No, I'm just going to go and buy a second-hand well, I know car. Shit, I know shit about yeah. cars,
2: so I'll just buy anything. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, what yeah, kind of car again? A blue one. Oh dear. Let me come with you. It's absolutely right. You know, it, it, seriously, <laughs> and it's people. Every, you know, if, if oh, label did this, label did it, in perpetuity,
2: blah, and, and yes, that, the, the label are the ones who were the most wrong because they were the cudds who knew they could get away with it. But you are responsible for your own actions, yeah, absolutely. But thing. also, I unless, like you say, they, they have been particularly devious, and there are a few <coughs> records who have done that to people,
1: but also, I was dealing directly with label. And they dealt direct with me because I sent them the stuff. Yeah. But again, common sense. We made a demo, and to me, it just made, it was common sense to spend half the money on the production, half the money uh, on packaging, yeah. and then you get all your favorite albums out, and you send tapes to all of the record labels that they're on, and then you see what happens. Yeah. And and the, so I so I, would, I did, what basically the point I'm making is there wasn't a management company involved. Someday, a management company will say, "Oh, we'll get you a lawyer," yeah. and the and then the management company and the lawyer sort the deal out. No. You are in a fucking band It's your future yeah. Who's signing the contract? Is it the manager? No Is it the lawyer? No. Well yeah He'll witness it Fuck it But the point is It's your signature yeah. Your so, record so here's contract a, I'm not subject-
2: For your music Here's a question for you As someone who uses A booker for your gigs Because this is something That crops up among Unzoned bands specifically Do you have any say well, I know the answer Do yeah. you have any say In what gigs you play Because a lot of bands Who hand it over to a booker Will literally turn you down if you approach a bassist or a drummer and say, "Can you play this gig for us?" They say, "Talk to the booker." Uh, Do you have any involvement now? Now you've got a booker. Uh, No, not at all. I don't want to. I didn't get in this to put fucking gigs. Do you care what you play? What we we play. If you're leaving it to them. Well, we're doing we're
1: doing we're doing the um, we're doing the Nazi rally um, in 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 Germany. (laughs) It's well (laughs) paid. And to be fair, to
2: be fair, it's cash. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, because that's what bands always talk about now. I mean, no, uh, I, I, and no even small promoters talk about trying to approach bands and not. I, I can't to talk to bands you. anymore. It's talk about their booker. Right, right. Well, because okay. okay, when you deal with it, you know why.
1: Okay, right. Here's my take on it. Um,
2: I, you
1: want to put the band? Speak to the booker. Guess why they're called the booker?
2: Yeah, I'm the singer. What if, if that booker in, doesn't respond to if that band? If you yeah, a, these are the questions they ask. Yes. Yeah. So when they don't get a response from that booker...
1: OK, well, it's funny you should say that, because our particular booker, um, who we use, has... I have had... I've had two people say to me, oh, she... Oh, I've tried booking bands, and and, they, and uh, she never gets back to me, or I've had to run around, blah, 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 blah. And, in fact, one... One um, was just uh, a a pretty much shower of shit. Mm. I mean, it was really... uh, Well, put it this way, not only were we all really happy once they left the dressing room, we (laughs) locked the dressing room door in case they tried to get back in. Um, And they were... And the things they said about our agent were utterly, utterly offensive. Right? And I also said the fee that we play for okay Um, I wish I've got no problem in you know in in saying to anyone who wants to book the band say that is our fee okay so do you still want to have a conversation if you do have it with our booker now I told him what we play for all the rest of it Monday I get an email from our booker oh you, oh, be, bearing in mind this guy had said oh like you know oh they're not interested in upcoming bands and all the rest of it and I've tried to do things before and they fucked me over and oh blah, blah 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 yeah Monday I got an email from our booker oh I've been approached by so and so of so and so they'd like you to they'd like you to do this blah 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 um my two penneth my advice because whenever she sends a kid an offer she'll give her advice yeah. I'll take that on board and I'll decide if I agree or I don't agree or whatever or sometimes we'll talk it over but I've only gone against her advice once actually um, and her point was this is a really good thing to do it's part of the underground it supports everybody um, uh, it's uh, um, you know i um, heard really good things about this I think you should do it here's the fee and the fee he, the fee he'd offered was 200 quid less and I told him what we would oh, play really? for less than 24 hours. So, of that whole scenario that he invented, <laughs> uh-huh. that whole scenario yeah. that took place in our dressing room of, you know,
3: Itch him, was him, being of, gonna play. Him, him being the yeah. hero
1: of the music industry and our booker being the opposite. Yeah, you basically
2: promised yeah. 100%. The email
1: comes through
2: and the pros are entirely reversed. Because you funny Funny, you positively responded this he's taking you know, a piss but funny that very you interesting know? And, I'm glad I asked the question
1: and um, uh, and also my again my um, my thing with this is why do you need to deal with the band the booker is there for a reason if
2: it's a good game deal with
1: the booker yeah. why do you need to deal directly with the band you know it, it, you know the the book. The bookers is coming out of their end not yours
2: yeah he, are you trying <coughs> to,
1: and I'm sorry but nine times out of ten I'm trying to get random cheap mm. but we're approachable we're approachable people will speak to me they'll speak to Pete Pete gets approached a lot and in fact Pete has been approached directly for two things that we're going to be doing mm. but he's and, and he said to me oh like what's got that every time so like we, it gets past the booker it gets past the booker mm. you know and fair enough and, and that's because I'm, I'm honourable as well. You know, that's, that's their job. If we get offered something directly, and it actually looks like, it's a, I'm more than happy to pay commission on that. Yeah. Because just because it didn't come through her, she's our booker.
2: Yeah. That's absolutely. That's what happens. It's good. It's good for people to know you that know? kind of thing.
1: Um, but, yeah, that that whole I I'm, I i I'm, I'm not I'm not suspicious. But also, I think I think sometimes people have um, people might not have dealt with people for a long time, yeah. so they get they they have an old opinion or they have one experience, and it's like, yeah, you can only judge people as you find them, but maybe you found them at a particularly mm. difficult time or whatever. But you
2: know, or well, sometimes it's, you're just offering a well, shit deal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and I've had plenty of that as well.
1: Plenty of that. But um, I mean when you were when you were booking um uh, Raid of Fury, were you
2: were they booking no, I stuff directly as well? Uh, we, we were quite lucky in that we had plenty of offers to make things work. So I just probably maybe booking twenty percent of the shows myself. And I used to just put the venues, more money for us that way, so couldn't find someone in Edinburgh, for Bannerman so I just booked the venue and, and saw it myself and I have a trusted friend up there who'd help promote and I'd I'd do them a favour back and we'd do it that way and uh, that's how it would work but I never got to the point where I'd use a book I think I I looked at people and I never found anyone I would uh, want to hand it over to just partly because I was a bit of a control freak you know I, I like to have control over everything because yeah. everything I did tied into something else so if I was booking a gig that would tie into social to merch to something else and, it, and I would just like to be able to combine everything yeah. everything I did had a very sort of holistic approach it wasn't yeah. just one strand operating independently so yeah it's all tied together Yeah, yeah. and that's why it worked for me is, is that I had the band gave me that autonomy to do pretty much everything and I could make it all work in one way so yeah, it all kind of worked in. But, you know all, all we ever want what my idea and the remit I was given by the band was we don't want to pay to be in this band, we don't want to make a living but we yeah. don't want to have to pay and we got to that point very quickly where it paid for itself, you know, we could play gigs without having to put their hands in their pockets and we made enough money to throw lots of good merch out and make more money It was a, a, yeah. a, 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 Uh, you know a self-perpetuating situation it was a good business plan
1: well that 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 takes me into an interesting (coughs) discussion that we need to have off the record so um, (laughs) what's the website
2: for me yes, it's verymetal.co.uk couldn't be easier to find or find find. me on Facebook I live on Facebook my business friends by Facebook
1: Andy Culkington on Facebook
2: most people tend to know me. It's either because I do good artwork. Mm. Most or because people. I'm so if I
1: ring if I ring just a number out of the Chinese telephone directory, yeah. right? If they letter.
2: like heavy metal, I yeah. should have added that.
1: Oh, <laughs> and it. No, <laughs> no, we're I, not allowed to do this. You, no, you <laughs> can't, can you? You <laughs> cannot do the the Chinese artwork. Veli Merrill. No, no, we're not. <laughs> that, that's what I shouldn't have done. Veli Merrill.
2: That's an example of what we're not allowed to do. That's right. Which okay. we wouldn't dream of doing.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, if we're going to get baby metal, Fuck it. I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm hitting back with everything I've got, and everything I've got is a 1970s racist (laughs) (laughs) impression. That's the the extent of my armour. Well, well, basically
2: on Facebook, I'm either the guy who does great artwork or the really argumentative cunt Oh well, uh, well yeah, we we could be we could
1: be uh, we we could be mistaken for each other. Um, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you very much for your time. Everybody out there, visit the website. And, um, yeah, continue doing what you're doing. Looking
2: forward
1: to Absolute working pleasure. with you, sir. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Pleasure. So that was me and um, Andy. And um, uh, lovely guy. We had a really, really good chat um it was really and it was actually um it was a shame actually because um he was saying that um, him and his wife are moving uh, are going to be moving out of london in a year um and um only just realized how closely he lives um um yeah so there you go you know what well, boo poor us hey
0: oh new bffs
1: <laughs> so anyway that was um that was my Andy's conversation i hope you uh, i hope you enjoyed listening to that um so uh, and another thing about Metallica right <laughs> um, why is it every time I see them interviewed they, like, they're saying about touring and they're going well yeah we're going to be touring the next couple of years but you know it's just a couple of weeks here and then we get back with the family because we've all got kids and we all need to be and you, you, or it's always oh you know um, well we just do we just do two weeks at a time because family time is Metallica family and then it's family family and you know and we're trying to find about back- them and then and then yeah do you ever hear any bleating like that from Iron Maiden I made. they just fucking... They just get on with it. They, they're they older. They're actually older. You know, I made... Yeah, yeah, we're off on tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fucking Bruce is flying. Yeah, we just... Yeah, we're off. See you later. You know. Job done. Yeah, yeah, South America. Yeah, yeah, plane the fuck out of South America. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Own plane. Yeah, yeah, we'd, yeah, we're just fucking doing it, aren't we, yeah. And then there's the whole... then then there's the Metallica fucking drama. And I just think... And, I, I mean, this is a lazy stereotype, and I apologise in advance for anyone I, to anybody I offend, but to me, that is just the difference between Brits and Americans. <laughs> um, uh, a main kind of difference, which is like, yeah, we just go, yeah, fuck it, just get on with it, whereas um, uh, America's going to counselling for, sorry, therapy Um so um, there you go, there you go, there there, there you go. There's lazy, um, la- bit bit of casual racism, I think, frankly, bit of casual racism. Anyone, anyone? Yep. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, it's my podcast. Fuck you, do what I like? Um, where were we? I, I think we've had enough about Metallica. So when we're not talking about Metallica, what's what comes a close second? That's right, Megadeth. <laughs> um, Dave Mustaine, right? Dave Mustaine actually being interviewed and talking about um Megadeth beer, just. I mean, it's just like yeah, yeah, this is Dave Hussein who once claimed that he was sober. Dave has a different version of sober going on um to the one that the rest of us um are are familiar with um Dave is um yeah I read read his book in his book he says like you know, I'm sober but I, I like a couple of glasses of wine I never have more than two glasses of wine it's like right okay. And he, and he's he's certainly off illegal drugs. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, but the fact that he's going on about Megade- going on about Megadeth beer just absolutely cracks me up. Because the, the great thing about Megadeth beer, though, is that it's it's quite a strong beer, and if you have eight or nine of them, um, you 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 turn into a massive loud mouth fucking prick that everybody hates. So there you go i can't imagine <laughs> um uh, y- oh you get it so anyway um yes yes that's uh that, that, that's that what else been going on um i i went to see um aman math who i must say wasn't bothered about but um a little bit more about that later but i got to i got to catch up with gene um gene hogland friend of the podcast and friend of mine and uh, he really looked after me got me some um it was great VIP uh, tickets and pass and, and then and we spent probably about two hours just it, there was just the two of us in um, in the testament dress, dressing room um, and it would have been perfect for a podcast, but I didn't actually record it because it, do you know what? It was really nice to just catch up with my mate Jean and just be sat there and I mean the first probably we, we sat down, said hello, and straight away we started talking about brexit and the U.S elections because Trump had just won. And we spent about half an hour talking about the, both those things, and it's just—it was just lovely to sit down and chat with my mate Jake. Because if it had been for the podcast, I would have, you know, I would have set it up and gone right, okay, you know. And there's an agenda—well, not an agenda there, because always trying to have just a chat. But you know what I mean? We probably wouldn't have spent the first half hour talking about politics if it had been for the podcast. There you go. Um, so it was just nice. It was really cool to just hang out and. Uh, and and just talk and chat and it was really really cool a lovely night and the um monomath were were good uh, grand magus were were good as well um and uh, monomath not the kind of thing I'm uh, I'm into but you know the crowd were fucking well up for it and you know they see it, they delivered and a nice bit of you know it's nice to see some production going on and a fucking show um we had full on Vikings coming on attacking each other with swords you know if that's what you're into if that's your particular barrel of monkeys then you go for it Chimpa. um but you know it's just uh, not my kind of thing but anyway yeah really cool night, really nice to catch up with gene um and um really like really liking the testament album and they played a blinder they were supporting and honestly i've said this a few times to people um who've asked me what it was like uh, they played like a young hungry band they really did it was um, it was really impressive. It was really impressive. What wasn't impressive was uh, the figures um, for the first week sales of the new Avenged Sevenfold album. Boo, fucking who? See what I did there? Nicely done. It's almost like I have got an agenda here. Um, so yeah, Avenged Sevenfold officially not selling as much as they were supposed to, or like to, or wished to. Um, this is because they, as they have said they because they did the um, they did the ta-da it's out now woo caught you out there and they said they didn't want to do the usual three month trawl to the album coming out said that they didn't want to go down that route um but what they were doing was it was a first for metal, but you know, but basically the same thing happened to Beyonce and the thing, same thing happened to Kanye with their first week sales because when they did a snap release like this, and it was then that I realized how much I have actually become a avenged sevenfold hater. Um, that they have the temerity, nay, the arrogance to compare themselves in the same breath as Beyonce and Kanye, who, as much as I may I mean Beyonce, she, she has it, without a doubt. She's got it. Kanye, um, I wish he had cancer. No, um, <laughs> well. um I yeah, I, I I wish I wish he had a, a personality different to the one he has, which is that of a cunt. But anyway um, I mean, you know, you're gonna cover Queen in the UK and you're gonna get the fucking lyrics wrong. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. Um So Avenge Sevenfold comparing themselves to, the, to, to to them. You know, I mean they're on another level. As much as I might not like not like Kanye, they're on another level. Anyway, the arrogance! The fucking arrogance. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah boo-hoo for revenge sevenfold i''m, I'm it, you know i I've actually had that in my notes. I'm not quite sure what point I wanted to make other than um that um you know they they pissed me off more than I thought these days so there you go um so uh what else has been going on um oh yeah uh, uh, very interesting um there was a quote by a Deicide drummer. Uh, the Side drummer I'm, I'm going to read to you called um, Stevie Shane and his, uh, he said um, talking about previous album it was weird when we did the last record I was like uh, I'm not that psyched about these songs and the album turned out to be great And the way the new one is, it's funny. I'm kind of, eh, it could be better. So we're just going to be hashing some more stuff out and really make it intense because we know we did a pretty good one and we're going to have to beat it. But we're going to work on it hard, make sure it's good. (laughs) I just thought, that is fucking awesome. Is that not the best fucking... uh, the, the the best response to a how's the new album coming along question absolutely fucking brilliant. Bearing in mind, in the same article, they've just replace replaced a, a guitarist, long time guitarist as well, and not said why at all. But I just thought that is fucking brilliant. That is awesome. I mean, I remember going on after the Chuck Billy interview saying, oh, it's really nice to get some honesty out of people and stuff. But that is fucking priceless. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't rate the last album, but that turned out all right. And to be honest, I'm fucking, I don't, don't rate what we're doing at the moment either. But you know, we'll hash it out, fucking see what comes out the other side. Yeah, you know, put it in the sausage machine, fucking squirt another one out. I hope it's good. It's fucking, I love it, absolutely love it. Anyway. Um, it's time for a second interview of the podcast with um, my longtime friends Billy Talent. Um, it's John and Ian in this um, in this interview, and I've got to be honest. I um I am I, I was the other day. I was trying to think how long it is since I've known John. Um, and I think I I think I first met John uh, um, when they were doing Billy Talent Three, which was you know quite some time ago. Um, and, um, I, I mean, we've been, we've been, so there's, there's a few references that, um, I may mention, so my apologies for that. Um, but, you know, such is life. Um, but yeah, we're, um, uh, we're in the roundhouse. This is, um, two weeks before I was there for Testament and, uh, i on a Um, and we, just to set things up for those of you who don't know, um, uh, this album and this tour is the first time they've been without um, drummer Aaron, who I knew very well as well, um, who's worn an Acid Rain st- uh, t-shirt on stage. Um, really cool do. Um, but uh, Billy Talent have this other band called F-U-M-S, and that's Fuck You M-S, because Aaron has M-S. And he is, um, he- he's just, he's been not, not been doing too well. Um, and you'll hear the story in the interview um, but basically I mean these guys are only in their kind of mid to late 30s but they've been playing together no, I think it's 25 years they've been together since they were teenagers as a four piece so they've played together for 25 years I mean that's fucking insane just get your head around that okay? then get your head around the fact that these guys are touring here um, I mean I've seen them multiple times in the UK and they're touring the first time everywhere without their buddy um, you'll hear who's standing in for him and he's like extended family um, but you know it, you'll, it, and that's you know why the meat of this interview goes straight to talking about Aaron um, and how he's not with him at the moment um, and really there's nothing else to say it's all in the interview so um, this is me uh, John and Ian from Billy Talent having a chat um, probably about a month ago all right. Well, all you had to do was say the word and look at that. Okay, you're in late. That's it. You are completely in charge. Um, I feel with you. Okay, thanks, Dan. So, um, so like, how's how's the tour been going? All the let's get all the boring stuff out of the way first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know the usual. Oh, how's it going? You know, is the new song's going down well? And all of the questions that you don't want to be asked and you're sick of being asked. The tour has been
5: awesome. Uh, it's it's been since 2012 since we did a full UK tour like this. Yeah, I know. So it's been me. long yeah. time. It's been a lot of fun because you're just remembering how fun it is to tour in the UK, and the, the rooms have been amazing. We're doing 11 shows, and all the shows have been really jammed, and, and uh, it's been really cool. And squeezing in the new material and that stuff is going going up. We're playing, we're playing half the record. We're busy.
1: <laughs> 11. We're playing
5: <laughs> half the record. Yeah. During the show, so it's pretty. Pretty awesome.
1: but well, that's, 11 shows, that's a proper UK tour. It's not, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not the, it's not <laughs> the, of, dates, yeah. yeah, it's not the Scotland, one in the middle of England, London, yeah. we go, it's yeah. a full-on tour, that's great. That's yeah, cool. we,
3: we played a lot of, a lot of these cities before, like, back way back on the first and second albums, so, yeah, so it's pretty, uh, we're fortunate we can go to all these other, other cities and not just play, like, the really big ones.
1: Yeah, well, you've always had, a you've always had a, lot like, a very loyal following in the UK, haven't you? mean it's kind of it seems that way from you know as an outsider looking in i think so
5: too and i I think the proof is is the fact that like we're meeting people all the time and most people have seen us before yeah so that's pretty yeah that's pretty rad that they're still coming and a lot of times it's multiple times like this is my fifth show and and people seem to be still thrilled with the show and like it's not getting boring for them so that's pretty awesome
1: well, yeah, and presumably not getting boring for you either. Otherwise, that no, be, uh, no, it's. Fjord. Yeah. Um, and now speaking of which, it's obviously this is a um, this is a weird. This is a weird place to be for you guys, because obviously, you know, Aaron's not playing with you, yeah, um, yeah. And um, I mean, I can't think of I can't think of a band out there at the moment that is kind of going through what you guys are going through, which is um, I don't know, is it, it's a transitional phase, it's it's, it's just kind of awkward, is there a sort of...
3: Yeah, no, it is, and it's, uh, it's, I, I guess, something that we've, you know, kind of all always known for the last 15 years, and, you know, since Aaron was diagnosed with MS, and, and you know, we, we were prepared that, you know, eventually one day we might have a relapse, and and so there's a bit of that, but it was definitely hard to, you know, no. Have that conversation, sit down, and, and
1: figure out what we're gonna do. You know? Yeah, and also that's it's kind of I don't know survivor's guilt. You know, being on the road
4: without yeah. him. That's that's a okay. nice, that's, that's nice a way, way to that's put
5: a, it. I've never heard that's a good, that's a yeah. good term. But there is a big feeling of that. You know, uh, and like I I think about Aaron every day and text him and stuff like that and think like, fuck, it's gotta be a bummer, man. Like I I, I feel so terrible for him that he because he loves touring he loves traveling he loves playing rock shows and I know if I was if I was sitting at home and and thinking about it it would really really hurt so yeah there is a little bit of uh, guilt that way but you know we haven't we've done we've moved forward this way on his blessing and uh, it's uh, it's a big more of a big picture thought process and we really want him to be able to get his health back there's also,
1: but I mean, I guess there's also that kind of like, well, do we, you know, do, do, do you message him and want to keep him to, you know, feeling like he's part of it? Or, I, you know, there's, well, maybe he's, you know, he's managing to get along with things and, you know, he doesn't want to hear about it. Or, I mean, have you, I, I, you know, have you have you all sort of had your own discussions?
3: Yeah, um, I, like, he, he came out to a few shows and, you know, you can sense that it's, it's you know, diff- difficult for him to, watch and digest you know not yeah. being on the stage with us but uh he's still a full you know member of the band and, and we make decisions together with him and, and uh for us it's uh you know this is something that he just needs he when he regains his health back enough to the point where he can play drums and he'll be back on the road with us and yeah until then uh you know we, we need to forge ahead i mean we're not we're not like this huge band like uh Foo Fighters, whatever. So everyone yeah. still has to make a living. These guys have families, yeah. and, and even Aaron included. So it's uh, it's kind of like a team kind of mentality where you know, right now he's you know on the bench for a few months, but he'll be back yeah. on the on the playing field. Well, that's out, a you know?
1: that's a that's a that's a kind of that's a good way of looking at it. So yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a squad mentality. Um,
5: yeah, and we're super fortunate to have somebody like Jordan who can step in and. Seamlessly, not just technically, but as a person too. Like he's just a really solid dude. Yeah. And uh, that's been and just very empathetic and understanding to the situation, and we we couldn't be in a better position in terms of of, of how we've had to proceed.
3: Yeah. With yeah. it all, it was important to us that you know Aaron Aaron uh, is friends with the person that's you know filling shoes for the next uh, months to whatever how long it will be, but. Uh, and, and Jordan's that guy he's yeah. really close with the band he's really close with Aaron and, and um, it's, he's really understanding of the situation
1: well I guess it have to be really because there's such a kind of unique dynamic with you guys anyway having grown up together and played together for so long whoever was to come in had to be a sort of you know, if not part of the family kind of extended family as it were yeah, yeah. absolutely
5: and, and Jordan was a unanimous uh, choice uh, for, a, for a lot of that that reason just because Ian had worked with him Prior to uh, this, with say yes, and uh, and we've toured so many shows with Alexis on Fire, and we just knew what kind of guy he was. So. <coughs> oh no, well,
1: it's it, it's not a nice situation to be in, but obviously, if you've got somebody you can step in, then that's that's very cool. But um, well, on uh, moving on to um, uh, slightly more positive things, obviously the album's come out Brittany, you Must be really, must be really pleased with that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, got a great reception and. Yeah, um, that's you know that, to me that's the most important thing. Like uh, I guess when you're releasing an album, it's uh, you know you, you want to feel like you're still relevant. Every every album yeah, you put out, right? And so that to me that's uh, it was uh, it was great to see that people are digging in. To well, I, well, so far.
1: I, well, it's funny you should say that because I think I think that they're staying relevant, but I, I'm I. I've always determined that that Billy Talent has a sound that is your sound. You don't sound like anyone. There. You might get the occasional influence here and there uh, if you're sharp, but it, it's, it's generally it's, it's your sound. So I kind of guess it's, uh, you know, staying relevant, i.e. producing stuff that's as good as you produced before. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I mean, I again, like I said, I personally think because you have that original sound, it means that you don't belong to any one kind of group of um, genres, as it were. Yeah. You know, you spe- I mean, there'll be kids here tonight that who, who are into thrash metal, that are into, yeah. you know, that are into the indie punk, that are into the kind of more mainstream stuff, they're into rock. It's, it's a really talented fan tends to be just, you know, could be come from any kind of genre. Yeah, and that,
3: that's yeah. one thing I love about the band. It's that we, people, you know, we can, really can't peg us in one particular genre and that's important because it's uh, having like a unique sound and voices is one of the things we've always strived for for years I honestly
5: think it's one of the hardest things to achieve in rock music now because there's so much rock there's so much music that's been produced with guitars, bass and drums or Nothing last 50 is original. Years, <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to be original. Yeah. Um you just uh, and if you can become you can take an original twist on the whole stuff because that's basically what we do. Yeah. Then you're you've you are you have you are kind of like ahead of the game already.
1: No, absolutely. And I th- I think um, I was going to say I think you, you're lucky, but it's not luck. It's it's the way it is is that um, for me you guys sort of found your voice on the first album and you just refine it with 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 each album, because mm-hmm. you know if you play, um, Afraid of Heights back to back with Billy with, with, with Billy Time One, you kind of well it's it's the same band, there's it's clear it's the same band, there's, there, but there's also a progression and yeah it's like I say I think um, a, a lot of bands will spend their time trying trying to find their voice as it were yeah. that's a sort of comedy term that we use in stand-up yeah. which is like finding a voice where you're All of a sudden, your material and your persona and everything clicks, and and it's a it's a a rounded act, as opposed to just being bits and bits. Whereas you guys felt pretty much off the bat. First album, you had your, you know, you had that kind of you had
3: that sound. We were we were a band for almost eight years before that first album came out. So those were kind of like the formative years where we were trying to figure what. Exactly, our sound is. So you are I mean, yeah. an 8 no, an eight, uh, an
1: eight-year overnight. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, <laughs> and so
3: we, we did. You know, we tried so many different uh, genres of music. We, we we played. You know, when you're young, you're you're just you know you want to play everything. Yeah. And we played uh, all sorts of different genres. And we kind of settled into. Uh, one particular sound, probably by the end of the, the late '90s, and yeah. and then when Gavin Brown produced that first record, we met him. He just he really helped hone that sound on yeah. the record, and I think uh, you know we we owe a lot of thanks to Gavin for that first record because he really he really got us and and working with him, he he knew the bands that we were influenced by, and bands like Fugazi and and uh, Drive Like Jihun and stuff like that, and and he knew what we were going for, and he. He really honed that and made a unique uh,
5: sounding record. Yeah, he really, really determined what was the best of what we did and pulled it out of us. And uh, and I think that really allowed Ian to kind of like really nurture his songwriting because he had like a point of reference with that first album. And then we could grow from there. To all the way to Freda Heights which is considerably different I think if you do play it back to back but yeah you can tell it's the same I mean, band it's, it's just there's to, a
1: yeah. uh, there's a big progression between Yeah. yeah. well I, I kind yeah. of playing about with this in my mind I was kind of thinking of your albums the five albums I was thinking well there's there's there's, there's two there's two sets of twins and then there's the the middle child
4: <laughs> okay. so you
1: have, <laughs> you, you have really the, the first two cool. albums they're twins yeah. okay yeah. we have the last two albums <laughs> They're twins. Now we have this kid in the middle <laughs> um, and yeah. we're in it. And, and, but that's but that's really interesting because you guys, you know, you, you did something different. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love 3. I think it, you know, it's it, it's That's the great. album that's
5: taken the most time to grow with our fans. Yeah. And I find now, like, if I go onto YouTube and I see people, like, I'll read some of the comments or whatever, and there'll be a lot of things like, I hated this album when it came out, but now that I've had it for a long time, like a, it's a really great record, and they yeah. turned around on it. But, and I think it was completely like what you were saying. It's so different in sound yeah. to Billy yeah. Talent too. If we had recorded it the same way, those songs I probably would have been in. It, conjun- it would have it it sounded translate more. Translated yeah.
3: but, but I like I, I like, yeah. the, I like the, some the some of the like some of the songs that, like Devil on My Shoulder, and Rusted oh. from the Rain are fantastic. Yeah. Like. The production of it is incredible, and Dead and can't testify. And yeah, and I, I think it was. It's important to take a take a risk sometimes to work with uh, a, an outside producer, someone that has a whole, totally different flair for absolutely. And so, year.
1: and somebody who's ma- vastly experienced. Yeah, got incredible range that that you can sit on the shoulder of for weeks and weeks yeah, and learn totally. all of yeah, that absolutely. and learn all of that, and then and, that's exactly and then produce was, your like next two. yourself from yeah. a master.
3: Yeah, running a Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, that well, that was kind of a that, that was sort of going to be my, my next question, which was like you know you went out, you used him, was it? And then the next two albums self-produced. Was there a certain amount of, okay, let's yeah. let's go out, let's do it, and let's let's see what we can pick up from him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And mm-hmm.
3: I think when you go through the motions enough doing anything, you're you'll eventually just become you know confident and good at it yourself. And, mm. and so by the time Dead Silence had come around. Um, I'd learned so much from guys like Brendan and Gavin and and even co-produced the second album with with Gavin and uh, it it was just, uh, you know, just makes sense why, you know, why we know what we want to sound like, I know what our fans want to hear, why not go for it?
5: And we're always, we're a hands-on band with everything we do, like from videos to photo shoots to artwork and everything, we always have our hands on it, we don't let anything slide, so it almost makes natural sense that we would take care of all the music. Yeah. yeah. Ian would do it in-house, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And no producer's fee unless you're, uh, you know.
3: <laughs> so, okay guys, this is what we're going to charge you <laughs> for <the> new album. <laughs> yeah. Just on this one. Just for a psychology <laughs> fee for the future. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like yeah.
5: his his uh, psychi- psychiatrist bills. <laughs> Brilliant. He put in like 4 months of work working 14 hours a day. Mm. like he didn't take any time to himself and was locked in a r- dark room in the winter time so was
1: that still anything to do with the album or was it just locking himself in a room for the whole no, time it was oh.
5: all that, <laughs> one, <yeah. laughs>
3: that was just, a, well we have our own studio should have
5: called it Afraid of that. Light <laughs>
3: <laughs> brilliant a yeah. studio that we built in uh, Toronto and yeah. that's where we rehearsed and, and uh, it's it, you know things sound great in there and we're getting really good sounds out of there so we were, you know, why not do it there and do it ourselves?
1: Well, I, look, the new album sounds incredible. It really does. It sounds absolutely incredible. Uh, and and I mean, I, I loved Dead Side. Well, you know, look, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and I I, I I love every album for different reasons. You know, they all they all, well, you know, they all occupy a, a sort of part of part of my life and part of your life. You know, um, but I, you know, Afraid of Heights, I think he's you know, without doubt. You know your your highlight so far. Oh wow, think, that's um, nice to hear. It, then.
4: It, it,
1: yeah, I mean, just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, has the double vinyl as well, which is rather nice. <laughs> that's yeah, beautiful. Cool. Oh, the all the extra art and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah really the, really the, really the vinyl
5: robust. turned out really nice.
1: Yeah, and then you went out your way to do a headphone mix. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Now that's just gonna get a drink. that is kind of yeah. Atten- we were, that's we were, attention we were, to detail right there. Well,
3: we were in LA mixing. Um, yeah. Erica, the engineer on, on the record and uh, and the guys from Klipsch came down and uh, they, they wanted to do, partner with us and do something cool and, and Chris, Chris uh, Lord Algae mixed it, he's mixed, uh, this will be the fourth record he's mixed um, and so we, we we were talking with them about how we can do something different and cool and, and Chris came up with uh, a great idea to try to replicate the sound he gets in his mix room um, before it goes to mastering and, and after all that. so that's basically what it is it sounds like it sounds identical like i would put my the headphones on the push headphones and and we would he would tweak stuff and and then hearing it coming back out of his ns10s yeah it just uh sounded identical so that's what we wanted to do something special like that
1: yeah yeah no that's really cool that's really cool and um it's it's kind of you've had there's been a a fair old gap between dead silence and uh, uh afraid of heights um, I think Stevie was saying, then it's four years since you were here. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, we released the uh, greatest hits. Uh, we had a. Mi- we, 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 how
1: does it How does it feel? How does it feel being old enough to release the greatest? That was hits weird. album? Okay. Well, was weird. Well, <laughs> You don't look old enough to be releasing greatest <laughs> hits
4: albums. We changed.
5: Uh, we changed managers, and uh, the new manager had this idea. This uh, idea of the greatest hits and. You know, we we were giving them a lot of the benefit of the doubt. We went along with it, and in retrospect, it was probably not the best idea. But it was it was a fun project. We did two new songs on it, which were really cool. So that preparing and doing all that that takes a year, yeah. Like right yeah. out of it, and then and then we spent an exceptional amount of time recording. Well, not really, but preparing for the recording of this record was longer than we normally do because right. Ian was funct- uh, fashioning our studio. So. We were demoing and making sure things were getting up to par.
3: And we did a 10th anniversary tour. And yeah, it that, that, that was that. On at the end of the
5: tour cycle for Dead Silence. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. And then, uh, but yeah, there was that release as well. So there was some work done in those years, but a lot of it was taking a little bit of a breather and then Ian kind of developing our studio because we had to get it to a point where we could record professionally. Yeah. And that took a lot of trial and error, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like He demoed every one of these songs completely before we decided to record them so right we almost recorded the album twice
3: <laughs> right, yeah I could. we did yeah
1: <laughs> so you're you're a bit of a taskmaster when it comes to stuff like that then.
3: yeah i mean i love the process i love um just the creative process of making and writing and producing songs yeah. it's just amazing
1: yeah, but you can tell because there's not an ounce of fat on any of those songs. Next. It's like you can you can't shave a, a <laughs> chord anywhere. It's like each each song is like a fucking vacuum wrapped perfect piece of music delivered to you now just digest exa- that. Yeah, that's what I wanted to yeah. go
3: for with this record though because we hadn't really done that fully on on the third album and even Dead silence. So there's still, you know, there's still the fat and that's fine. It's great, but it's you know I think our fans really like a record like two because that didn't really have a lot of fat on it either. It was oh no! Right to the point, no. and, and it had that's, every that's song what, was a banger.
1: And well, that, that's one of that's one of the most surprising records I've I've ever bought still. And I had the first album, so I was like, you know, you know, I was in. Try honesty. I was there. In. Okay. Great. I'm just pleased. Still, he started working with you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. uh, so I've, you know, I seen you from the get-go, from all your tiny underworld shows and, and you know, whatever you, wherever shithole you've played in London. And the second album, just didn't see that coming at all. Just did not see that coming. I mean, I like the first album. The first album's great. Rocks. It's great. And the second album, though, was just like... That was up a good, like, two or three notches. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't just the next phase. Oh, cool. It felt It felt like a real... A real big step up to the extent that I mean, there's some of your most popular songs, and wow. you know, yeah, still, on, still the on that album. I mean, yeah,
5: it's definitely the uh, most popular of all of them. And then, um, yeah,
3: but,
1: yeah, but then, and then, like, you take a complete left side turn. step, yeah, yeah, left <laughs> turn, side step, yeah. um, and 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 do an album with Brendan, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember talking with you actually. I remember it was the hotel over in. Uh, West London oh like Shepherd's Bush I think the album you you, we, we, you were playing the album in, the, in your hotel room well, right. it wasn't out yet and you were saying like how you'd recorded it completely differently you know normally you would just you know your abandoned room yeah and well then, no with
5: that album that was that was more recorded like that ah, right and okay. uh, generally we've we've layered things that's it Sorry, so it was the other way around yeah yeah he, I know it was uh, a. Yeah. But you were basically
1: you're going into a completely different scenario. Different, yeah,
5: different experience altogether, yeah. Uh,
1: but did you approach? Uh, I'm interested to. Did you approach the writing to that album any different? It's just not only does it, not only do the songs kind of have a slightly different feel to your other stuff. There's, I mean, the the sound is obviously you're working with a different producer, but there's there's yeah. a kind of almost like a different atmosphere.
3: Yeah, you know? a little bit. I think at that point we, you know after the second record the second record is always a band's most important record and that's yep. why we you know really spend a lot of time on, on the sophomore writing.
1: release i believe is yeah um, it's common to call it that. yeah yeah, they call <laughs> yeah. It the yeah. whatever that fuck means yeah, yeah. The <laughs> band's
3: like, if they don't deliver that on the second record they yeah forgot you know what i mean so i think by that point like we really proved ourselves after that second record and and the mindset and mentality was like well that's great. Now, now we can like we've done do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, and right. uh, and and we wanted to, you know, at that point, kind of return to some of the music we grew up listening to in the early '90s, like bands like Soundgarden and Rage Against Machine, and just riff heavy and like rock heavy kind of.
1: And the, your tunes. producer just happened to have worked on a number with, of those, and
3: then we got to work with uh, Brennan O'Brien, so it all just kind of lined up that way. And, and he had worked on a lot of those records, so yeah. So it all just uh, it, we were like, I think it was it was okay to do that though because yeah, absolutely, you yeah, don't yeah. want to keep repeating yourself. And the first and second album, like you said, they're like twins almost, right? So, mm-hmm. so I think it needed, uh, it needed got, a change. a have Got, got twins record. either
1: side of the middle child. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the that's the the, the album that got my uh, got my mother into you, into your band, wow, your your oldest fan, who. Um, <laughs> who, um, who, who Absolutely kicking us off that she wasn't able to make it the other
5: night. She wasn't at Leeds. No,
2: she wasn't able to
1: make it. No. She wasn't well. Um, but, um, yeah, she sent me a message saying, tell them, t- telling, uh, tell them I'm screaming in frustration louder than the DJ. Uh. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Um, but um, that was, actually, that's surprise, surprise from, sorry, I'm not over the map here. Sur- surprise, surprise from Dead Silence. Seem, and Louder Than The DJ, they seem, again, they seem related. They seem like kind of two sides of the yeah,
3: same yeah. coin. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. see that, yeah, definitely. There's a
5: tongue-in-cheek, but Surprise, Surprise, I think, is more of a uh, like kind of a statement about things where Louder Than The DJ to me is more of a homage. <laughs> uh, surprise,
1: Surprise yeah. is, is a statement about things, brackets
3: young people <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. young people advertising <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no, no I, don't I like think that. it's more of the state of, the <laughs> you state of what people young people are having a to a deal with today social yeah. advertising culture yes not absolutely anything, I mean, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so we wanted to make a tongue in cheek kind of song but that you know what I mean and
1: in the way that that um, louder than the DJ is kind of sort of tongue in cheek yeah about all rock music's dead yeah all the doom and gloom which is it is dying it's, it's <laughs> going the
3: way of, no no don't say that it's going the way of jazz but I mean I don't think it's a, I mean in the mainstream it is but I mean, there's. A, it'll always be a niche just like jazz is but uh, I think that that's the that's song to, like saying yeah we know this is happening so go out and support your it's rock acts and keep it, it alive you know what I mean
1: yeah, yeah. See, that's quite a, that's quite a sad phrase isn't
3: it that it's is going the way of jazz that was because <laughs> in the, like in the, the 40s happen,
5: and 50s yeah. jazz music was the yeah, the music for it was the mainstream music. Yeah. yeah,
3: shit. I know it's. um well, it's it, quite, that's it's quite frightening.
5: Like I was, it goes back to one of my earlier points. Like the, the rock band formation has almost exhausted itself. It's uh, like, yeah, it, it's it, it's on uh, a repeat most of the time.
1: Yeah, well, I, I guess, but the, the the time you guys have been. Sort of active as well. You've seen you've seen a massive change because you came in just at the end yeah, of yeah. MTV, really, didn't yeah. and CD singles. Do you yeah. know what yeah. I mean, yeah. um, and because uh, that that's how I that's how I hooked onto you guys, MTV. You know, MTV Two or whatever it was back in the day. Yeah. Um, and the video for Try Honesty and the, and uh, yeah, you've you you just caught the end of it there, didn't you? And then yeah. it's just kind of. It's it's just one big C. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. It's just people say, well, where's the where's the music business going to be in like five years? And it's like, well, five months. that you know, where's it going to be in five months? That would be nice to know. Yeah. Because it's yeah. Just a constantly changing beast at the moment.
5: Yeah, it's almost lost. It's it feels like uh, it's it's not as a valued art as it once was. Like uh, it's become so um, disposable.
1: I think, the, the, again, I'm, I'm going to sound even older than I am, but I think in any, any, any industry or any art form or whatever, if you reduce the number one most important um, output to something that people are not willing to pay for or just generally don't pay for, then it's kind of, yeah. you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, how do you undervalue an art form? By giving it a value of nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly,
3: exactly what it is. Yeah, but, but the one thing that I think the saving grace is the live show. You can't. Yeah, watch. absolutely. You know, you'll never be able to have that experience. Well, and if and you're t- watching a YouTube clip. You know,
1: well, I don't know. We had the we had the um, we had the Ronnie James Dio hologram performing at um, wow. Rockham Ring. Uh, so, you know, start out with Ronnie. Elvis will be next. Is that actually
3: um, happening? Well, the, the next year? Or well, or no,
1: it was this year. It was this um, year. Um, Yeah. Wow. Uh, Ronnie James Dio, Hologram played, yeah. What? Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I've seen bits of it on YouTube. It's just... seems weird. It's, um, it, it, yeah, it seems, yeah, ever so slightly, yeah, seeing this guy perform who's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, ah, oh, it's sacrilege, basically. Yeah. You know, definitely. it's, it's, I don't, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'd like I to see, see my live artists alive, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, not, not buying tickets to go and see somebody who's dead, um, but it's, it, the live show is still something that obviously is is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means that you have to kind of you have to make the most of every single one. Yeah. It? It's just like yeah. you know, you, you, you've got to sell like You've got to you've got to be on point selling merch, and you know, being all over doing, you know. Podcast interviews and things like that. It's yeah. been all over the place.
5: It's a machine, yeah, it's and all, uh, yeah. you definitely got to be serious about it if you want it to 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 work. Um, yeah, because you really do. Like every, if we have a shitty show, it's on the internet the next day, and it sucks that that it's gonna be up there. Yeah. You know, and we're very well rehearsed. We're a good live band. We're always prepared, and we. I would say ninety nine percent of our shows are awesome, but there are shows out there that didn't work out for one particular reason, whether one of us was sick or, or whatever it is, and it sucks that they're up there. So you do you have to be on the ball all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the thing is, it's, uh, it, yeah, pe- people will share um, their feelings about uh, about a, a, a subpar show way more than they will. Oh yeah. When yeah. they went to and yeah. it was right. Yeah. 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 The righteous indignation of the. Uh, uh, of the troll yeah. on the internet yeah right uh, I went to see them. They, they took my money
5: yeah the trolls well we don't get trolled very often which is like I don't I never see really bad no, yeah. comments and yeah. you know
1: what well, everybody? everyone likes a bit of Billy Talon you know yes. <laughs> other you know? than that I mean, they don't want to waste their time trolling
5: yeah.
1: us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that's not it <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure that's why they're afraid of our snappy retorts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah, they're afraid of your well-known <laughs> reputation and love of violence. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, so it, obviously, when you when you when you were making this album, did you, it, was there a kind of feeling where you just thought like, yeah, we're onto something here. This is. Or oh, was it just kind of like because you?
3: had you know, so many roller coasters it, with yeah, the, the record. it was weird re- album to make all, all around. Right. Just Aaron. Aaron, without Aaron playing on it. Of course. So the, that was the looming kind of uh, cloud. I think the whole time, um, you know, second guessing every day. I would second guess. Or should we be doing this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know,
5: yeah, he's making. He's written all these songs that he's so close to. And is having feelings of doubt on whether or not we should record them because are we gonna ruin like his babies you know like yeah like what is this bad timing or whatever but
3: because there's all you know there's a certain chemistry with it with the drummer you know that's playing your band for that long as well yeah and it's not like you can just summon the guy at the last second which is essentially what we did we like Jordan learned all these songs in a month and a half and right. um, and then we were right in the studio so but uh, I think just once again with Jordan, he he's so uh, he's known Aaron and he, know, he knows knows style of playing and, <coughs> and he's known us for so long that he gets the way Aaron plays. He, he yeah. understood like just even subtle nuances. Oh, he definitely like
1: gets the that. way yeah, Aaron totally. plays. Yeah, because it feels strange. And he, and he
3: came in not he didn't want to come in and say no. I'm going to play my full you know style that I played in the Lexus on fire or anything. No, he came in with uh, the mindset of. Making this sound
1: like a really talented. Yeah, yeah. His job, the mindset of to come Which in and amazing. kind of just be, yeah, be Aaron as it were, as yeah. opposed to come in and do my thing. Yeah,
3: totally. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, that's, I respect that so much. It's such a really great, great guy to you know have on the record.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing to be able to have somebody like that that you trust mm-hmm. that can that can fit in like that. So, how did you did you work on the songs with Aaron as well?
3: Yeah, it, it was a person uh, with Aaron
5: for Aaron knows of, all the songs you know, we whole, were ready we were getting ready to go and we had studio time booked and everything and Aaron Aaron also started getting back problems at the same time as MS was flaring and uh, so we started pushing the studio dates back in, in an effort effort to give him more time to, to get himself going again and then it eventually just became uh, much worse than than you know what a, what a we originally thought and at that point I think ten of the twelve songs were probably written and Aaron knew yeah. was playing them every day like we were yeah. practicing them. And uh so yeah, it was uh, it was weird and then that's it's a funny question that to ask about, you know, did we know what we, we were on to something when we were writing the songs. Mm. We probably did in those are early eras. Yeah. In, in that early part of the, the writing but then everything just got fucking thrown up into the air, and, and it was just, it was a confusing few months, man.
3: Yeah, that that summer where we, we were supposed to go to the studio in September, and during that summer, we were all, you know, everything was like, this is great, like, we're in a good spot, all the songs are really good, they worked out really well, and we were rehearsing them Aaron's you know, playing great, and we, we started doing some shows in the summer, and that's when, um we did a, like a handful of shows and that's when I could start telling like something's not yeah.
5: right yeah like, yeah it's uh he was missing he would miss a kick drum here and there and stuff yeah. like that and, and then he just uh we approached him one day but, you know if everything was cool and he, he was he was saying that it wasn't which was like something that we never heard from him before yeah so right. it was like it was weird yeah
3: and even from him like it was hard he, it was hard to tell for him what was the actual cause of it because he had a, like a herniated disc comes back at the same time. So it's like, right. is this causing this or is it MS? Or? Yeah. And so we had to see, you know, rounds of doctors to figure this out and that took several months and, and once, you know, his doctor confirmed that it was an MS relapse, then we had to make a you know, pretty big decision what to do next. Did you make that
1: decision with
3: with Aaron? Yeah. yeah. I was sat in the room and, and just kind of talked about it. Then Jordan actually came down and sat in the room with us, like all five of us, and all wow. discussed it. was a really strange time. Wow. Yeah. Right.
1: Really, that must have been strange having Jordan in the room as well, because that's that, that starts becoming real. Then. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: Because at that point, there was no guarantee when he would recover. I mean, it could, have, you know, take six months, a year, and, and it's been a now. And, mm-hmm. It's been
5: a year he still hasn't played drums yeah. on a real kit. Really? So he's uh, practicing on his practice kit and he has hopes to try and, and start practicing soon with us to see. Well, we'll see how it goes when we get back.
3: But yeah, just in the last few months he's been looking amazing. I mean, yeah. He's got his muscle back. Oh, uh, also. Working against, at it, so like, he yeah, works out
5: four or five times a day, or a week, yeah. sorry. So he looks buff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Oh, no, I mean, I know. Still, he's kept in touch with him, and he was saying that it was, you know, it's gone through various stages, and yeah. he was walking with a stick at one point, and now he's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's just every little thing, isn't it? Is a step it forward. Is, yeah. So, is it kind of like a okay? We'll go away and do this tour, then we'll come back. How are you? Are you ready? All right. Okay. Right. Let's go away. We'll do this and yeah. come back. And, yeah, it's and kind of
5: also just waiting for him to tell us what's going on. Yeah. to lead the way, because no one knows better than, yeah. than he does.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now it's um, it is a a, a very strange um, uh, a very a very strange situation. But you know you're managing through it through communication, which is the only thing that keeps a, anything that keeps any band together. Yeah. Is, is being able to communicate. Yeah, yeah, that's the wisdom of age.
5: Yes. Although we still probably don't communicate as good as we should.
1: <laughs> uh, but who does? Who does? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, who does? There would be no divorces in the world. There yeah. <laughs> you know, like, would
5: be All the children would be happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All the children would be happy, even <laughs> the ones not here. Yes. Um, yeah. No, well, it's um, it's it's cool to have you guys back in London because um, it's been four years. Is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we were here for
5: for a couple of festivals, but ah, they don't count. They don't count. <laughs> no, they don't oh. count.
1: It's well, it's kind of weird because you can play, you know, you can play a couple of festivals in the UK, and you like, you know, you play to like, you know, hundred fifty thousand people, whatever, across those two days, and you think, oh, you know, that's really cool. It's just uh, but you know, there's still that, oh, they haven't toured over here for years kind yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean? Everyone just yeah. forgets the festival appearances.
5: Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to just be a festival band too. You need to get out here and do shows.
1: Yeah, well, that's the uh, and well that's the other thing that's kind of developed over the years as well because of course when you guys were first you know first coming over here there wasn't this mass of festivals there wasn't this huge kind of festival tour that you could just you know go on the festivals are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah they are yeah, yeah. Um, well our
5: first gig in England was a. Uh, uh, well we did this one little small little London show but then oh where was that
3: Metro Metro was that yeah Metro, Metro, I mean, Metro yeah. it
5: was an underground thing it was a small little Tiny room it was yeah. red yeah. I just remember the room being red, but then anyway, we played Leeds. Was the Reading and Leeds were, were the, uh, yeah. The, the yeah next the next two shows day, that know. we played, and but um
1: that's 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 the music business right there. Yeah, yeah we played this tiny little <laughs> red room underground. Yeah, and the following day we were playing Reading Festival.
5: Yeah, well yeah. we played the Leeds on the start, fucking yeah. side stage at noon. At noon yeah. <laughs> After we had gone yeah. to the Krang Awards all night we were drinking with Metallica and Sum 41 and that was the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life. I and projectile
3: vomited off the side of the stage. Oh. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Behind oh, a speaker the speaker cabinet so the audience could Oh, damn. Oh, we what we a wasted was, photo
1: op that was. Oh God. Projectile vomited I was singing and reasons.
5: it felt like somebody was squeezing my head with a vice. And I, I, that was the worst show our band has ever done. Yeah. That was pre-YouTube, so we were okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, eh? Oh well, that yeah, but that doesn't mean that somebody
1: hasn't got that footage lying around yeah, somewhere maybe. Maybe. it just appears on YouTube.
3: Yeah. But uh, rude cell phone footage from like uh, yeah, absolutely. Roller razor or something
1: like that. <laughs> hey, there's this shows of my band from 1989 <laughs> on YouTube. So you know you just got to be careful. You never yeah, know, somebody who's has good. a VHS. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Computer. Yes, somebody had a box brownie um, yeah. back then. <laughs> managed to capture those brilliant moments. Um, wow, Reading and Leeds—that's that's quite a that's quite an introduction to the the, uh, the touring ways of the UK.
5: Yeah, that was cool. Well, and those festivals were famous, so we yeah. felt like just on top of the world that we were getting to do that stu- This stuff, this stuff was happening. We were like 27 years old or something like that, and like it was just on such a trip. Well, I
1: remember, was it, was it on, I think it was three, you, you, um, you had in the Academy, didn't you? Yeah. Sold
2: it.
5: Yeah, and two. Sold you it did, out, if I don't. You know. No, no, that one too as well. Well, yeah, well you, did, Bricks, I mean, you yeah. did a DVD from Brixton yeah.
2: yeah. Live as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
5: That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And now the Roundhouse which is just an incredible venue too. Well,
1: this is kind of like,
3: this is your second time here, isn't it? Yeah, this will be your second time here. Yeah. I feel like it's the third.
1: No, uh, Well, you know, you probably got better. We did two
3: Brixtons, and then now this is their second round two roundhouses,
1: Yeah, and in between times, I think you did the. It was an FUMS thing in. Yeah,
3: at the uh, barfly. The
1: barfly, or was it the garage? Garage.
3: Yeah, Yeah, the garage.
1: Garage. Yes, the garage was when I. um, Yeah, (laughs) I turned up with a present for you. (laughs) <laughs> um, um, from my mum strangely oh. how, how weird does that sound does she um, have
5: any more of those cookies Say, <laughs> oh,
1: <that's funny. laughs> so how weird does that sound on a podcast <laughs> I, I brought you a present from my mum okay. <laughs> yeah no it was um, and um, yeah, still he was saying the lead show was, uh, was rocking as well yeah the Did show's really all of them been
5: off the hook I, I have to say Nottingham yesterday was t- for me my favourite of the tour, they were it, like the venue is just a great rock and roll venue. Rock City, right? Rock City, yeah, it's great. And, uh, uh, so good.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, that's that. That is the um, that's where all the greats have played. You know, yeah, Soundgarden, yeah. Sepultura, they're yeah. all. It's all yeah, it's, it, and it's a rock area as well.
5: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: But it is it's a really nice venue, isn't it? Yeah, Rocking him. Amazing. Yeah, Rockingham, yeah, yeah. Rockingham. If, if you want, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great place. Just stay in the venue. Just
5: don't oh man, out. I know I. That, I went for a walk to get some uh, some food, and like the place was just a drunken mess. Everybody <laughs> uh, yeah. was wasted walking around the streets. Really? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah.
3: We walked over to the taps bar, and it was like just yeah, this girl trying to get into her apartment, just like you see that? <laughs> just like literally like falling so, in her
1: like alley. like she was at sea yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying yeah, try to get into her room yeah
3: it's quite a scene
5: <laughs> brilliant brilliant well, I think we're going to have to start wrapping this up soon Howard are okay. gonna eat? May, that's, May i going to eat I, look I really appreciate
1: taking the time out um, and, and thank you very much
5: let us know when you, uh, when you post this and I
1: will I will um, and, and stuff. look you know continued success thank you very much thank Thanks. you awesome Howard. to see you, dude cheers
3: man nice to see you yeah, yeah. thank you guys we're going
1: to stick around for the show Okay, there was uh, my chat with um Ian and John. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was great fun, really good to see those guys again. Um, we go back quite away as I was saying, so um yeah, it was really cool to catch up and um, a really um a really unique situation they find themselves in um, and um, yeah, it's amazing to see them dealing with it um, and and hopefully um, it, it looks like um, we're hoping that he's, um, Aaron's going to be back soon so there you go. Anyway um, that brings me to the end of another podcast. Thank you very much everybody for um, for listening, for tuning in if you will um, We, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to knock these out um, and hopefully I, I'm not going to give you any clues as to who's lined up because I ain't got a fucking clue um, but uh, yeah we're just going to keep churning them out folks going to keep Keep sending these podcasts your way. So, look, um, thank you very much, everybody, all of you who um, are listening right now. Thank you very much. Please tell as many people as possible about the podcast, please. Um, You know, we're stagnating a bit, I've got to be honest, and I'm all about the growth. If it stays stagnant too long, I'll get bored and just think, oh, why do I fucking bother doing this? So, please, mm, please do... um, Spread the word and try and uh, get as many people into these as possible. You know, please explain about downloading them using Wi-Fi, not streaming if you've got a data limit, things like that. It all makes a difference. And, of course, the old classic, when somebody's out the room, pick up the phone, pick up the tablet, um, open the podcast app, subscribe to Talking Bollocks, close the podcast app. You know, you're doing them a favour and you're doing me a favour. You're doing everyone a favour. You're a nice person. That's a good thing you're doing. Well done. So, anyway... Um, um, I was listening to an album that I hadn't listened to for a long time the other day, and that album was LD Fifty by Mudvayne, um, and I just thought that is a that is a good album. And this one particular song, I am going to play that at the end of the podcast. I am not going to play something new. I am going to play something old. So this is from the year two thousand from Mudvayne's debut album. So forget how they look, all right, and just and do me a favor. It's six minutes and four seconds. This this track. Listen to the whole thing, okay? Listen to the whole thing, because it's 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 pretty awesome. The playing is amazing. Um, You know, the bass player is phenomenal. Great drummer. The vocals great. There's 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 some growling in there. Not growling. There's some proper singing in there. It's just it it, it, just give it a listen. And who would have thought? And don't get me wrong. When it comes to Mudvayne, there's only two albums worth bothering with, and that's this first album and the second album. Um, Oh, what was that called? Um, shit... Uh, The End of All Things to Come, that's it. Second album was called The End of All Things to Come. This first one, LD50. It's great. A lot of old school nods that you'll see in there and influences. So anyway, um, that's it from me. Um, Let's see if you like this uh, this undiscovered gem, if you have never heard it before. Um, uh, And this is Mudvayne. See you all, speak to you all, hear you all next month. This is Mudvayne from the album LD50 from all the way back in the year 2000. And this song is called Prod.